0: Blog TALK RADIO
1: Nine very long months ago, a dark cloud engulfed the University of Miami football program. To the outside world, to put it mildly, it looked like nuclear fallout. Listen to this.
2: I think Miami is just an absolutely terrible job. I think this program is bankrupt. Uh, I think it has a delusional fan base thinking that this is the 80s and the 90s and maybe even the early part of the uh, new millennium. I I don't get it. Uh, I don't know why any coach in their right mind would want this job. You have all these former players, and their names are well known. They're tweeting. They're, they're, they they want some ownership in the program, and and they're not going to be t- they're not going to accept uh, just some run of the mill coach. Nor will they get a big name coach. I mean, you said maybe entice a coach. I'd like to know uh, who you're talking who you're talking about because what legitimate coach would walk in there with one of the worst. Stadiums in America with no fan base whatsoever, unless they can be a proven winner, which they can't be on day one. I mean, Al Golden was a pretty good hire, and he failed miserably.
1: Who ever thought that so much can happen in nine months? Miami has its legit coach, all right, and the bankrupt program is about to announce that $28 million has been raised for a new indoor practice facility. And this bankrupt program also. Is moving into a newly renovated stadium with $500 million in improvements that has everybody excited. Yep, a $4 million coach has been hired, and the assistant coaching budget has been significantly increased. Nutrition and strength programs have been upgraded. We are 11 days away from the start of a new football season, and very little looks the same right now in Coral Gables. Just in case anybody out there in the Canes Nation was unaware or has been in hibernation all these months, things are now a little bit different in the 305. So as we begin a new season of Canes Sport Live tonight, let's do a little throwback to December to get things off on the right foot.
3: There's a new man in town And he's not fooling i don't know. I'm
1: i'm gary Furman, the publisher of canesport.com and we once again welcome you to the fastest two hours in hurricane sports as always this is your show and it'll be driven by your participation the call-in number is 646-595-2048 that's 646-595-2048 as always we have more than 100 open phone lines plenty of room for everybody to call in and participate we remind you of how this works. If you want to come on the show and speak, you hit the number one on your keypad, and that will prompt us that you would like to participate in the show, and we'll bring you on. Um, during the offseason, we've had a lot of requests um, from fans on the message boards at canesport.com that our regular callers try to keep their thoughts a little tighter this year. So we'll try to monitor that a little bit. We don't want to stifle anybody's uh, creativity in expressing your opinions on what's going on with Hurricane football. Um, But we're also going to try to pack as many callers as possible uh, onto the shows this year. Uh, And we also want to try to do a little bit better job than we have in the past of hitting some of the topics uh, that people have posted on the message boards at canesport.com as um, issues that they would like to hear covered on the show, and uh, so we'll try to do a good job of that this year beginning tonight, and uh, there's a whole multitude of them uh, that were posted in the last day or so on the boards at Canesport, and uh, we'll try to get to them over the next two hours. But as always, we did ask the fans, like I said, at Canesport.com to submit those questions and topics, and here's some of what they came up with, and I'm just going to go through them real quick, and we'll circle back to them as the show goes on. Uh, Can Brad Kaya... Be a Heisman candidate this year. Is Bar Milo showing any signs of fulfilling his four-star potential? Um, is there a concern at the little tackling that's been done so far in training camp, with coaches concerned about not having too many injuries leading up into the season? Um, how about the new rugby-type tackling that Manny Diaz uh, has has been um, sort of, I guess, teaching out on the practice field? How's that going? Do we see a mentally tougher team than in recent years? Besides Kadeem Telford and Alex Leatherwood, which offensive lineman out there is the staff looking at, evaluating, and offering to try to shore up this offensive line in recruiting? Uh, let's see. Does Coach Cool get his big prize nationally ranked defensive tackle, or is he done with two defensive ends and John Ford at defensive tackle in in this next recruiting class. Who are the true leaders on this 2016 besides Brad Kaya and Nick Linder on offense and Corn Elder and Rayshon Jenkins on defense? What about the exuberance of Manny Diaz? Um, Does the defense take on his personality this season? If Brad Kaya doesn't beat Florida State or Notre Dame, but does surpass the other great quarterback statistically, which is almost a given at this point, does he still get considered a Kane great? That's a great question. We'll talk about that later on the show. Um, Who's going to be in the nickel package? How important are these three opening football games that are believed to not be as tough as to how the team will gel together and get ready for ACC play? But don't sleep on Appalachian State. Uh, they did get some votes in the coaches' poll, So some people think that they're a competitive football team. Is the staff going to continue to go after recruits who have gotten away, like Jerry Judy and Alex Leatherwood, or are they just going to surrender to Alabama? Not sure we really need to answer that question. I think you know the answer to that one based on what you've seen so far. Is there reason to believe in Manny Diaz? What players have had strong training camps? What's the current depth chart on kick returns and special teams? Um, what type of offense is Mark Rick running this year? Is it going to be up-tempo? Will Evan Sherefs reclaim the backup quarterback role this season after the surprise announcement um, with that Testaverde and Rozier are right now sharing code number two after Sheriffs was, was believed to have been contending there? If Brad Kaya leaves early after the season, will Jack Allison be the guy? Have we ever seen a more committed kid working the recruiting trail as hard as DJ Dallas this year? So all those topics and more, we'll talk about who might be redshirted this year, and I'm sure there's a multitude of other subjects that will come up during the course of the show. So let's dive right into it. I know you guys have been waiting a long time to get these shows started again. The board's already lighting up, and we're going to begin tonight in... The five one three, where you are the first caller of a new season on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing this evening?
4: What's up, Gary? How are you doing? This is doing Tim. Great. Who's from, this? this is Timothy calling from Cincinnati on behalf of the MRC, Gary. How are you doing? And are you ready for some <laughs>
1: football, Gary? Oh, I'm so ready. It's been it's been up. You know, we we've worked really hard this off season. I don't know if you guys have noticed on the website, uh Fortunately, we had more access to the program these last nine months than I think we've ever had uh, during an off season. And, you know, we tried to make the most of it for you guys and have done obviously tons of stories every day and that kind of thing. But we're ready to see what this whole thing's going to be about, just like you are. So, yeah, I'm very excited.
4: All right. Well, Gary, listen, I'm not going to take up much of your time. I'm just going to dive right into it. Number one, my question is, is what are the differences since you've had pretty much a full training camp with the new staff. What are the differences that you see from this training staff, or excuse me, this coaching staff as compared to the one that we just got out of?
1: You know, when you, when you answer that question, obviously everybody asks that constantly. And, uh, you know, you want to be fair. Uh, Every coaching staff has its own personality. You have different, different coaches. Some are better than others at different positions. So when you remake an entire staff like this, it, it really is an entirely different deal. And it's very hard to make comparisons. And we certainly can't go position by position right now. Maybe in a few months we can and, and make comparisons because this current staff hasn't coached the game yet. You know, they're still in that in that honeymoon period and um, we're, we're not really going to see what hurricane football under Mark Richt and Manny Diaz and, and, and you know, Ed Al is really going to be about until they get into the meat of the schedule in, in October. But, you know, things that I have seen that I think are very positive is, you know, I think Mark Richt has done uh, just an absolutely stellar job of uh, laying the foundation for his program and and what he hopes it'll be for, I would think, at least the next 10 years. Uh, you know, he's made it very clear that he intends to retire at Miami and, and is not looking to go anywhere else and coach. So, when you see him working, he's working to build something that can sustain itself and will last uh, once he gets it right. And you know that's why you see him going out in the community and talking to nine-year-old kids right now, uh, like he was doing uh, several weeks this summer, and, and just laying the foundation for recruiting, you know, eight years down the road. You know, and that's really what he's doing because he knows that some of those kids in those parks. That he's sitting there and talking to and and and, and even praying with. I mean it it's it, it really is quite amazing to watch. I don't know how many of you guys out there listening had a chance to watch the videos that we posted on canesport.com over the summer uh of Mark Rick out in the community talking to these kids, but I mean it it was really like it was something like that I know I've never seen before. I mean, can you imagine Nick Saban coming down to a park in in, in the middle of of Miami and and having a 100 a 209-year-olds sitting there huddled around him and then he has and, and has everybody put their arms around each other and pray with him I mean you just you've never seen things like this and and you know Mark Rick is, is trying to ingrain himself in this community he, he he's trying to impress the youth football coaches he's trying to impress the parents and he's trying to make an impression on these little kids in the hope that when he goes out to recruit them down the road, and you know a lot of them are going to be top prospects just as always, that they will remember that day back in 2016 when he showed up in the middle of the hot summer at their park and hung out with them for, for 45 minutes. And, uh, you know, these are the kinds of things that I'm seeing that I think are laying just a phenomenal foundation. Um, the uh, inside staff has been upgraded, uh, you know, more personnel, working recruiting um they have a full-time nutritionist who literally is taking it to the point where he goes to shopping at trader joe's with the players who live off campus uh, to make sure that they're buying the proper groceries and that they have the right diets to to fit the, the program that they're trying to lay out for those guys to get their bodies right and um you look at the way these kids showed up for training camp w- with almost everybody on the team had l- lower body fat levels um the linemen clearly were in, in way better condition and, and, and not as heavy as they were a, a year ago. And, you know, we'll have to see how this pays dividends once the games start. But all these signs are very, very good. And then, you know, lastly, you go out on the practice field and you see a lot of teaching going on. That's the biggest difference that I would say um, that I've seen in that when you watch practice, uh, it, it's it's – The level of teaching taking place, and the other thing that really stands out is how physically active the coaches are with the players. It's a it's a relatively young coaching staff um, that's in in, in pretty pretty good shape. You know, not a lot of overweight guys out there. I mean, you know, even Gus Felder, the strength coach, who's like the most massive human being you'll ever see outside of the WWE. I mean, I put him right there (laughs) next to the. I I mean, I put him right there next next to the Big Show. To be honest with
4: you, I mean. Like Ahmed Johnson
1: yeah. built, yeah. yeah, yeah, he's enormous, and and he runs around out there like he's a player, you know, and 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 I think that makes a big difference. I really do. I I think in college football that it, it's great to have a staff that can get physical with the players. You see the coaches they put boxing gloves on in practice. They're trying to punch balls out and and things like that. Just it's it, it's it's very physical, and it, and it, it's more physical. And I think in, in all my years around the hurricane program, going all the way back to the 1970s, I don't think I have ever seen a more physical coaching staff with the football team. So I hope that answers your question. Um, those are the things that I see. I think it's all positive. If you put a gun to my head and say, Gary, give me something negative, uh, I don't think I could do it right now. I, 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 don't think I've, I haven't seen anything that I have felt is negative. And uh, like you, I'm I'm looking forward to what it's going to look like on the football field when the games start. All
4: right. And uh, just one more question because I know you got a ton of callers. What are your um, expectations for this season? And who do you see us – who would you like to see us finish up for this recruiting class with? And I'm going to go ahead and just finish, or excuse me, just let you get all on, excuse me, on the phone and just talk. So go ahead. All
1: right. Um, expectations for the year, uh, you know, I'm still kind of – measuring that a little bit I usually write that column the week before the season which is next week um the one thing I I can say is I I think it all starts at nine I think anything less than nine I don't care whether it's the first year of a coach the last you know whatever anything less than nine is obviously a a big disappointment so I think that's where you got to draw the line Uh, now you know does that make 10 a resounding success I guess it depends on who's making the judgment you know I think so You know, I think 10 wins would would be, you know, a a pretty darn good season. Um, But the one thing I will say is I expect this team to be competitive in every single game it plays this year. I don't – you know, last year, obviously, against Clemson, they just ran into an absolute juggernaut uh, and couldn't even – begin to hang with those guys. I, I don't, I'd be disappointed if, if something like that happened this year, uh, you know, you got FSU at home, you got Notre Dame on the road. Um, those are pro- obviously probably the two most talented top to bottom programs and teams that they'll play this year. But I, I think that if they're not competitive in both of those ball games, that that might, would be a, a reason for disappointment. I expect them to be competitive in every game. Do they have enough to win them all? Probably not. You know, I mean, the depth, as you know, is extremely thin in some areas. I, I still think that there's a shortage of impact players on on this roster. Uh you know, I think Brad Kaya has the chance to be one, obviously, but um you know, I, I think you know, a guy that's gonna get you out of a ball game where maybe you're not playing your best, um, Kaya's gotta show that he can do it. He hasn't done that to this point of his career. It should be time for that to happen this year he should be on schedule to be that type of player but until he does it you don't really want to anoint him as that i, I don't think so uh you know i think we we got to see how that goes but you know i just i don't think there's enough there obviously to win every game i don't think anybody does but uh you know can they be competitive every single week if 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 they're not decimated by injuries on the, in places like the offensive line yeah i think they can um now as far as recruiting uh who who do I think they need to to land before signing day? Um, I'd like to see one more big time running back. Um, obviously, Anthony McFarland is, is is still in play there. Um, things seem to have cooled a little bit with Stephen Carr out in California, but I think they need to try to find a big time running back here in 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 this class. And you know, right now those are the two candidates on the board. Um, you know, I'd like to see them land Devonta Smith. A wide receiver I, I think they could use that one kind of elite type of speed receiver in this class so I, you know i'd like to see them get him obviously on the offensive line uh they they have enormous needs and have to keep getting better um Nabon donaldson to be is, is is has a chance to start as a true freshman i think he's phenomenal um not as sure about Dykstra and, and, and Hillary, you know, that they, they may take a little bit more time. I'd like to see, and we reported today, um, there's a kid by the name of Blaine Scott who um, – no, not um, – wait a minute, am I getting the name right? um My mind's just uh, going a little nuts here for a minute. The kid from LSU who, um, who is transferring – Who is transferring? Yeah, yeah, we have – we just surviving. put it – yeah, he's an offensive lineman. Sorry for having, George Brown's his name. I'm sorry. Um, I'd like to see George Brown come here. Um, I'm hearing that Penn State right now is the leader for him, and um, but Miami is in it. We communicated with him today, and he told us he's in the process of trying to figure it all out. Um, I think that would be a huge get. You know, even though things didn't work out for him. At LSU, he's a he's a big six seven, two hundred and ninety pound kid who was a very highly regarded prospect uh, coming out of um, at a high school. And you know sometimes things just don't work out at a, at, a, at a school that the kids choose. And uh, he's decided to leave LSU. I think it would be huge for Miami to land him here in the coming days. Um, getting back to Blaine Scott, Blaine Scott I mentioned a minute ago is is one of the high school kids. Um, that Miami is, is, is still recruiting, and uh, I think that there's going to be more kids like that. Some of the, the, the top linemen in the country that'll come into the picture during the football season, as coaches are able to review game films and and, and try to get more guys involved. I mean, let, let's face it, uh, you know they they have to fortify the offensive line spot. So uh, you know they're not going to stop looking, they're not going to stop probing, they're not going to stop trying to get. Um, Kids interested, so I would be looking for more offensive linemen um, to to emerge into the picture here um, in the in the coming days and weeks. So I'm just trying to think of any any other names I can uh, throw out there. Well, Alex Leatherwood is, is one I would definitely mention. Uh, just keep an eye on him. He's committed to Alabama, um, but you know he, he he's a kid that has made it clear that he's watching Miami closely uh, to, to see you know, just how things go this season and might consider them in the future. Um, There's a kid in Gadsden, Alabama, by the name of uh, Torrey uh, Bateman. I'd keep an eye on him. Um, And a kid in Jefferson, Georgia, by the name of Caleb Chandler, is another one that I would keep an eye on. So, um, you know, all those guys are are, are still being being looked at. Um, I mean, they're trying to sway Kadeem Telfort at Booker T. Washington. Also, Uh, he's a UF commit. Uh, so he's another one that, that, that could come into the picture, but I wouldn't be surprised to see them take six or seven offensive linemen here uh, in, in this, in this class. So, you know, I would just keep monitoring all those kids I mentioned and just assume that there's going to be more um, that'll come into the picture. Uh, defensive line. Uh, we're still not seeing that big time defensive tackle on the board that we thought that we would. Uh, so that that's still a, a work in progress. Obviously, um, they're they're in decent shape at end. The commitments from uh, Jonathan Garvin um, and DJ Johnson from from California, uh, two two really high quality kids. Uh, everybody thinks that John Ford from Fort Lauderdale Dillard will eventually be a defensive tackle, but I gotta believe that they would like to find themselves one more um, really big time defensive tackle to uh, to join this class. So we'll be keeping our eyes open for that. Um, Beyond that, uh, I mean, I would say that those are the main guys that I'm personally, you know, looking for and, and, and looking to see uh, join the class. And um,
4: So no face at Holloman at all?
1: Well, I mean, they're, they're not going to be able to take everybody. I mean, no, I'm not going to say that at all. I mean, you asked me to pull out the the, the main guys which is what I did, but, you know, obviously Holloman is very much in the picture and he could end up joining the class too, but uh, they've got other receivers in the class. I think Devontae Smith, you know, I didn't want to name every single recruit. Devontae Smith to me is more significant than than Holloman, but, um, you know, we'll see.
4: Okay. All right, Gary, well, go ahead, man. and
1: um, Great show and keep it up, man. All right, no sweat. Thanks for getting us off to a good start. All right, 646-595-2048, 646-595-2048 is the number. Remember, hit the number 1 on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Let's go out now to the 845. You are now live on Kane Sport Live.
5: Gary, how you doing, Greg?
1: Hey, what's up, Greg? Welcome back.
5: How are you? Um, I just want to start I wanted to ask you, how significant do you think this uh, problem with these rental cars are with these kids? Do you think it's going to be a a multi-game suspension or just the one game?
1: I'm not sure how many games it's going to be. I I think there's a pretty decent chance it'll end up being one or two games for those guys. Um, To me, the the bigger concern is why... Are they having to go through training camp with this distraction? I don't understand. Uh, you know, I don't think that's a positive by any stretch of the imagination. I don't understand why it's taking so long to, to, to get to a resolution uh, on this thing and 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 figure out you know what exactly these kids did to what degree and what the proper penalty is for it and announce it and put it in the in the past. Um, and, and instead, it's it's like Watergate out there every day. You got every reporter who covers the team trying to figure out what's going to go on so they could say that they were the first ones to report it. And it's a little bit of a zoo to be honest with you. But um, you know, hopefully they'll get it settled soon and you know be able to say what it's going to be but to me the bigger concern is that these kids got involved in this thing in the first place and um you know i'm I'm sure that they're they're upset that they got caught but it was obviously incredibly poor judgment to be involved in something like this uh to begin with and uh you know, you'll know that this program is right when you can get to the point where these things aren't happening during the offseason, and the kids that are in the program have the respect for the program and for their fellow teammates to not get involved in silly things like this. And, you know, you're not going to convince me these kids didn't know that when they were getting involved with these cars that they were doing something wrong.
5: Okay, what differentiates Juwan Young from these other kids? Why'd they get rid of him totally? He's not well, the rest of him?
1: I think he lied for starters. You know, I think that when they confronted him about what was going on that he was not truthful. Uh that's one thing I I heard. And, you know, there there's also been some conjecture that, you know, he might have been a little bit more at the forefront. You know, I, listen, we, we don't know all the details. I don't want to talk out of school and, 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 and start saying things that we don't know to be 100% fact, but obviously the fact that he was singled out like that and sent packing immediately, I think that tells you that A, he probably was maybe a little bit more involved than the other kids, A, um, and B, was not truthful with the compliance people when they came and asked him about it.
5: Okay, now My next point is, I'm reading on your message boards about Appalachian State and the Boone area. I live about 45 minutes from Boone. That area is some of the most beautiful country in this entire United States. So these people on your message boards that are mocking the area, it's gorgeous. And three of the most prominent South Florida sports figures, Huizinga, greasy and Shula all own homes up in this area. So, uh, I think they should get their, their information straight anyway. Well, if they I, to come- you know,
1: yeah, I mean, so, I mean, sometimes I think, you know, when people develop opinions like that, you know, they're not sensitive to the fact that maybe some people do live in that area, like, like you're talking about. And, um, I'm sure people are a little cranky. You know, they like to go to road games, and you know, you can't get to an air you can't find an airport that's less than two hours drive to to go to this game. There's there's no hotels that are you know there's very. There's
5: hotels decent. in Hickory where I live, 45 minutes right up the road. You can get them for less than a hundred bucks a night if anybody yeah, wants to know, go I, to the game. But I, but
1: I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm just saying. You know, the, you know, I, I think there's different elements they are going into people's opinions, and and you're, you're you're absolutely right. I mean, they should respect the fact that people like you live there and love it, and it is a very beautiful area. Uh, it's just a little bit of an unconventional road trip for hurricane fans, right. and uh, and 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 a lot of people have expressed to me that you know the the cost of the airfare, the fact that they can't find nice hotels and stuff, which is kind of why we um, have organized a little watch party um, that. You know, if anyone who's interested can look at the details on the message boards. But, um, you know, that's why we kind of organized a little watch party for that game. I usually go to every road game. I'm going to stay home uh, for that game and um, sort of hang out with everybody at this watch party and and watch the game and ease the pain for the people who aren't getting to travel, who usually like to travel and, and go to these games. But uh, just you know, because of the inconveniences and, and things decided not to go to this one. But uh you're right. You are absolutely right and and it's well noted and I'm sure everybody's hearing you.
5: Uh, and one other point. Appalachian State ducks no one. They're playing Tennessee opening day. Uh they 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 have a pretty good program. Anyway, my last quick point and then I'll, I'll hang up. Uh let me uh, I forget it, I'll, I'll talk to you next week but I appreciate yep. it and I'm happy you're back
1: alright, you thanks it. Gary thanks, thank, yep, thanks as always for being part of the show alright, 646-595-2048 is the number, 646-595-2048 remember, hit the number 1 on your keypad if you would like to come on the show and participate um, let me take a moment here now as I promised to to dive into a few of the questions that were submitted on the message boards at Canesport.com, um, can Brad Kaya be a Heisman candidate this year? And um, man, that's a that, you know that's a good really good question, and and it's not as easy to answer as it might seem on face value uh, with the high hopes that we all have for Brad Kaya this year. But um, I would say he he is a Heisman candidate. I mean, when when people talk about guys that, that can be Heisman candidates around the country. Uh, Brad Kaya is a name that comes up often. Uh, he's considered one of the top couple players in the ACC. But the bottom line in all this is to win the Heisman Trophy, um, I, I think you have to win, and you have to be on a winning football team. And uh, if Miami can get off to the start that it expects to get off to, and, you know, maybe goes and takes care of business against Georgia tech after, you know, winning the first three games and comes into that Florida state game at four and O I think that'll be Brad Kaya's moment, you know, I mean, that'll be his opportunity and, and chance to to play in a big game in front of the, the whole country. If Miami's four and O in that game and Florida state's undefeated at that point or has one loss, I think it's fairly safe to assume that that'll be a national television game. And um, that'll be Kaya's moment in a lot of ways. You know, I mean, there's a lot of people that want to anoint him for a lot of things right now. And, uh, you know, you hear people saying he's going to be a top 10 pick in the NFL draft. I assure you, if an undefeated Miami comes into that Florida State game, and is playing the Seminoles on that big national stage, maybe a night game or something on on ESPN or, or something along those lines. Um I think there's going to be a lot of people including those NFL scouts that want Brad Kaya to be a top 10 pick in the NFL draft um to just see how he handles that and 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 you know where he's gone in his progression of his career. And uh, this is year three as a starter. He's got a, a seasoned quarterback coach and Mark Richt looking over his shoulder at every single thing he does. And um, this this is his time. And that, and if it plays out that way, like I said, that's going to be his moment. And that's when we're going to find out if Brad Kaya is a legitimate candidate to win the Heisman Trophy this year. Because if they get to that point and Miami's able to win that game and go to 5-0 and – you know, the schedule is very, very tough those next several weeks, and it's going to be extremely difficult to get through October um, without, you know, falling to a North Carolina or Virginia Tech on a Thursday night. Certainly at Notre Dame is another colossal moment of the season. Um, even a quality pit team coming in. Uh, in early November, I mean, that's a tough stretch of the schedule coming on when you put the Florida State game there and on the road to Georgia Tech. So um, that's where we're going to find out what Brad Kaya, the junior quarterback, is all about. And uh, that's the best way that I can answer that question. Another question that came in, is Bar Milo showing any signs of fulfilling his four-star potential? I would say not yet. You know, right now they're 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 struggling a little bit on the O line. Um, When you look at at backups, I I think you're looking at Alex Gall and Tyree St. Louis as really the the two guys that they feel somewhat comfortable putting in a ball game. And I know everyone out there is grimacing right now when I mention Gall as one of those two after the struggles that he went through last year. But it's, it's, it's really, you know, that troubling right now at the offensive line position for Miami. Um, another guy that you've got to hope can emerge here in the next couple of weeks is, is Tyler Gauthier. Um, he would be the next closest guy to being ready for an O-line rotation. Um, but, you know, Bar Milo, I, I think the biggest thing holding him back, it's certainly not his physical stature. Um, he's just got to get tougher. Uh, He's a kid from California. He's got maybe just a little too much of that California cool in him. And um, he just has to get a a little bit tougher before he's ready to be a a frontline football player at the university of Miami. And and that's where I would say that one stands. All right. Again, six, four, six, five, nine, five, two, zero, four, eight, six, four, six, five, nine, five, two, zero, four, eight. Plenty of room on the board. Come on the show. Let us know what you have to say. Um, I know you don't want to sit here and listen to me talk the entire two hours. So um, let's go now to the 917 where you are now live on Kane Sport Live.
6: Hey, Gary. What's up, BK Hurricane?
1: Hey, what's up, BK? Welcome back for a new year.
6: Yeah, thanks a lot, man. Uh, I was looking forward to the show. I couldn't wait. I was going crazy. <laughs> I need some football, man. <laughs> uh, Gary, um. I know we kind of touched on the whole, you know, recruiting thing and and things like that. I think someone mentioned it before about DJ Dallas, how he's like, I mean, he's like a cheerleader out there, you know what I'm saying? He's like a real outspoken kid. He's on Twitter like every two seconds, like really pushing like the University of Miami. And I think the closest person we ever had, you know, closest recruit that ever came to Miami was Duke Johnson. Duke Johnson was, I'm not sure he was as vocal because of Twitter, but I think Duke Johnson was pretty vocal like that as well.
1: Yeah, I, w- I would agree, but not to this degree. I mean, uh, well, I mean this this kid he didn't
7: use Twitter. This, this, <laughs>
1: this, this, I mean, this, this kid is off the charts. I I don't know that I've seen anything like this since Alonzo Highsmith and Melvin Bratton went uh, you know swarming through Dade County back in the day. Um, I mean, DJ Dallas, what a great find for this coaching staff for a kid with that type of ability to jump in and show this type of commitment to the university of Miami football program and to be out there actively recruiting the way that he is. And, uh, you know, you just can't say enough about what he's doing and, uh, you know, it's certainly not going to hurt anything. I mean, you're seeing, you know, like this Holloman kid, uh, now very much in the picture and you knew that, Miami was going to have a chance to make a mark with these kids in Georgia. Uh, You know, Mark Rick, just like you see him going out and talking to these nine-year-old kids in the Miami parks. I mean, they've been recruiting Georgia for all these years since these kids were little kids too. And, um, you know, he's got relationships with their coaches. He's got relationships in some cases with the kids who came to his camps at Georgia and things like that. And um, so you kind of knew Miami was going to have a chance to – to make a mark in Georgia, but to have a kid like DJ Dallas, who's one of the best players in that state, actively recruiting for you for eight months, uh, you know, I mean, that's huge.
6: Yeah. I mean, do you think that um, that the staff will get around to offering the kid from St. Uh, it uh, Saint Thomas Aquinas? Um, I think his name is Harley.
8: The wide receiver. Yeah,
1: they're, they're 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 fishing with him a little bit. Um, you know, I, I'm sure that's one that they've been debating back and forth. Uh, I, I think it's going to depend on some of these other kids um, and, and whether you know they come into the fold. You know, Holloman, Smith are, are two that come to mind immediately that are still out well, the there as receiver. Good, yeah, but you can't take everybody. You know, and he's small. He's a very small receiver, and you've already got that in Braxton Berrios for two more years, and you've already got that in Sam Bruce for the next four years. And, you know, you, your preference, I think, would be to be bigger at the, at the receiver position. You know, you, you don't want to overload your roster with small receivers.
6: Yeah, sure. sure, sure. Well, we get Cager back hopefully next year coming off of yeah. the injury. So. Yeah, that's true. But listen, this is the last question. Uh, a quick question. I, I'm not sure if it's unfair or not, but you know, I'm going to ask it anyway. Um, based off of what you've seen between this coaching staff and the last coaching staff, at what point did you know it was over for the last coaching staff? Did you know like pretty much early in the season where you're like, this isn't any good? I've been following you oh, no, for like 20 years or, or so. I, I think it's been 20 that. years. You've been
1: no, no, I knew three – I'll be honest with you. I knew three seasons ago. Uh, I, I sat there at that bowl game against Louisville up in Orlando, and I watched the University of Miami football program totally embarrassed by Charlie Strong and his staff and program. And Miami was undressed that day physically on the football field. They were undressed coaching-wise. And to me, never was it screaming – more loudly, that the program needed a complete overhaul. Needed, you know, I, I didn't feel at that time that Al Golden had to be fired. I felt at that time that Al Golden needed to overhaul his football program, and he needed to make several coaching changes. Um, he needed to upgrade uh, who he had around him that he was counting on to run the offense and the defense and, and, and those kind of things. And, um, you know, I was, I was okay with giving James Coley a shot to be a coordinator. I mean, he was at that point of his career where he deserved that chance. Um, but the, it was a Mark D'Onofrio decision, like everybody else felt that, you know, to me uh, it was pretty obvious that Mark was not going to be good enough as a defensive coordinator at Miami. Um, maybe one day he'll be a very good, You know, football coach somewhere else. I think he'd make a good position coach. I think he'd make a good position coach in the National Football League, if that's the way he decides to go, kind of like Al Golden did this year. But um, as a defensive coordinator at Miami, I felt he was very deficient. And I felt that there were other areas of the staff that needed to be improved very, very quickly. And you know, I remember having the conversation with Al Golden the day after the game. And, um, you know, it was private. I'm not, I, you know, I, I won't go into every nook and cranny of it, even though he's not here anymore. I just, I just don't do that. When I have private conversations, they stay private. But what I will tell you is that it was obvious to me that he was not going to make the changes that he needed to make, that he was in severe denial about what he needed to do. Um, it became very obvious to me that his relationship with Mark D'Onofrio transcended uh, his ability to make the best decision for the University of Miami football program, um, that they were joined at the hip, that they were business partners uh, in this move to Miami. And that was the, when when I saw that the day after that bowl game, uh, I knew then that it wasn't going to work and it was only a matter of time. And um You know, obviously, I was not surprised, having had those feelings back then, that it played out the way that it did.
9: Right. Um,
6: Like with your prediction, right, when you said, you know, nine wins seem fair. I think nine wins is very fair to say because, you know, it's a
1: fair line, right?
6: I think it's a fair line. It's a very fair line. It's a very fair line because. Even without Golden and the staff that he had, and the product that he did put out on the field, we still were capable of winning nine games. Even with that inept coaching, like we almost won nine games last year. If we just didn't have a bonehead call at the end of a bowl game, we could have had nine wins.
1: You still have a lot of very good football players on this team. You just don't have enough. Well, we have we have a ton of good football players. Now, yeah.
6: now I'm just, just hoping don't that have the coaching staff could could. To just get us over that one hump. So it's pretty much like one hump at a time. You know, if it's eight, if it's nine wins, granted, I think we could get to nine wins with this coaching staff, but 10 wins pretty much would say, okay, Miami has an elite coaching staff. And I'm not sure we have an elite coaching staff at every position. I know we have one at head coach, defensive line, and maybe even a defensive coordinator because once upon a time, uh, uh, Manny Diaz was was the hottest name
1: in college football in terms of
6: being a defensive coordinator.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, so but, but yeah, and and you know he he is a guy that you're looking now. At, I think he's in his 18th year of coaching, and mm-hmm. maybe he didn't meet some of the expectations that people had for him in some of his previous stops. But now going into his 18th year. As a defense coordin- as as a as a coach, and um, let me see how many years it's been as a uh, as a coordinator. He's been a coordinator since the uh, 2006 season when he was the coordinator at Middle Tennessee State, and then he went to Mississippi State, Texas, Louisiana Tech, and back to Mississippi State. Um, at this point of Manny's career, he should be seasoned enough to give you the best that he has to offer as a defensive coordinator. And, um, you know, I think as a Hurricane fan, what you have to hope is that with that experience that he brings into this job now, um, that he can fulfill some of those expectations that, that people have had for him as he's risen up through his career. I mean, people have always noticed Manny because of the style of defense he plays and the aggressiveness and the gambling nature. Um, you know, it's a little, it's a little bit unconventional, In the football coaching world, um, you know, coaches don't – most coaches don't like to gamble to the degree that Manny's willing to gamble. Um, They're always very paranoid about getting beat for big plays and things like that and um, maybe, you know, do things a little bit more selectively. Um, But that style of coaching has allowed Manny Diaz to stand out in the college football world, and um, it's exciting, and, and, and people like to watch it. And they, you know, there have been high expectations placed on him through the years uh, that maybe he wasn't always ready to meet. And, uh, you know, he should be ready now. If if he's got the goods uh, as as a defensive coordinator, uh, you should start to see some of that come to the forefront here at Miami uh, just because he's got the free reign. uh, He's got the ability to uh, recruit and coach. A, a pretty good level of athlete. Um, they're used. The kids who grow up in in the state of Florida and South Florida are accustomed to playing aggressive, get after it football. So it it, it all comes together and has the the capability to form a perfect storm, so to speak. And uh, so I think that's what we got to kind of watch for with, with, with Manny Diaz. Oh, that's
6: it, Gary. Just keep me on the line and. You know, I listen to the other poems. Thanks a lot, Gary. You got it,
1: man. Yep, thank you for being part of the show. All right, 646-595-2048, 646-595-2048. It's the first show of a new season. Uh, We're all getting our feet kind of under us here tonight and getting back used to, you know, I'm sitting here, you know, reacquainting myself. I got to work the boards and look at my notes and jump around and, uh, you know, Keep my head screwed on straight. Uh, so it's fun. And I'm glad that we're back for another year. And let's go now to the 954, where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. Hello? That's you.
2: Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Gary, are, are we going to be able to see any first three games on TV, or would they have replays of them? What's the status with that?
1: Um, first of all, tell us who you are. So that, oh, uh,
2: Sunrise Joe.
1: All right, Sunrise Joe. Um, yeah, um, the first two games, from what I understand, are ESPN three only. Uh, I don't think you're going to see those on over-the-air TV. Uh, kind of unfortunate. I thought somebody might pick up the FAU game, but I haven't seen anything suggesting that it's going to be anything but ESPN three. Um, if, if I'm wrong, what
2: so is people... ESPN three? What is that? That uh, um, I just about everything
1: is. If you go on your computer, and I don't I'm know the cable operator. Yes, yeah, so you should be able to get it. Um, go to espn3.com, and okay. what you'll see there is a menu of games that that ESPN shows online. And a lot of games that aren't on over-the-air TV get placed on espn3.com for viewing on demand on the internet. And and that's that's uh, how that works. And uh, most most games in Miami place these days are obviously on, on over the air TV somewhere. Um, I believe the Appalachian state game right now is slated for ESPN or ESPN two, for example. Uh, And I I thought somebody might pick up the FAU game, but right now uh, from the last I saw, nobody had picked it up yet. Then it was slated for ESPN three.
2: Gary, main reason I called tonight was uh, uh, I had a debit card and, and I, got a new one and they were taking money out of the old one and naturally they couldn't take money out of the old one because it didn't exist anymore. Uh, I up. tried, uh, uh, this is, uh, this is, let everybody hear this one. I try to sign back up, try to sign back up. Sorry, this this name has been taken. Sorry, this name has been taken. I uh, got back to to, to my like, bank no, and no, said, so did they have a, a telephone number no. here? yeah Joe, Joe, let me I stop. call that number disconnected let me, me stop and my Joe, Joe, is this. Joe, i'm eighty two years old and if you look Joe, back, I've been Joe. a member for years, and I've been Joe. like six Joe. months trying to re-sign. now you know Joe. there's no number to call there's nobody to talk Joe. to either Don't bog, let's not
1: bog down let's not bog down the show with the this um i will I will help you personally um it's oh. its it, 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 you're, just, you're probably just hitting something wrong. Uh, the, the system works fine. I will call you. Uh, if you want me to call you tonight after the show, I will. If not, I'll call yeah, you in the yeah, morning. Yeah, once
2: we do that, we can take we can take care of it.
1: I've yeah. been a
2: member th- a long time.
1: Want me to call you tonight or in the morning?
2: Once you call me tonight, I'm up. You call me. Right. And I'll, you just, I'll call just you. take I'll, a minute. It's not going to take I'll that long. You after,
1: I'll call you after the show's over, and we'll, we'll get you straightened out. It. It'll take about a minute. Okay? It, it just, yeah, it, it won't be a problem. So you got anything else tonight?
2: No, I, I just wanted to make contact, and this is the only way I really can make contact. And uh, now that I have, and you're going to give me a call, then um, then that's fine. You got
1: it. That's fine. I will call you. I will call you right after the show, and we'll get you straightened out. Th- okay, you thank. Okay. Thank you, Gary. You got it, Joe. Bye. Yeah. Bye bye. All right. Six four 646-595-2048, 2048 four six five nine five two zero four eight. Didn't want to get too far off the beaten path. There, we'll get Joe handled after the show. Let's go now to the uh, nine four one. You're live on T-Sport
10: cool. live, yeah, hey Gary,
1: hey, who's this?
10: Hey, this is the Mikester Kane. It's great to be back.
1: <laughs> what's up Mikester
10: <laughs> hey doing doing great, doing great, uh, just got a couple oh, uh... questions for you uh, number one, are they pursuing any five star recruits in the twenty seventeen class? I haven't heard anything on that recently, of course. <laughs>
1: Um you know I I don't think right now and five star kids you have to understand there's a very select number of them that are identified out there around the country there's not a lot of kids that get that five star tag um right now I don't believe that that anybody in that particular class is um is, is is five star, but that doesn't mean it won't change. And 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 the the rankings are constantly changing, especially as you go through the football season that's that's coming up. I mean, you're going to see a lot of fluctuation in the rankings. And it's honestly, it's way too early to worry about whether their kids are four stars or five stars or three stars uh, because they've got their whole junior year here to play um, before they you know they get ranked again so um or well actually well the 20 actually if you're talking 2017 those guys are probably set in stone but you know when you go into the next cycle uh there's going to be huge fluctuation but if you're talking 2017 right now there are no five stars um on the on the list and and it doesn't look like there will be uh the next cycle 2018 we'll have to see what happens
10: oh okay gotcha and the other thing too, do you know what time the Florida State game's going to air by any chance?
1: They they won't decide that till the week before the game. If Miami's undefeated, you can you know, and Florida State takes care of, of business, I I think you can be pretty sure that there's a good chance that'll be a a primetime game.
10: Right. Yeah, I kind of thought so. Well, I'm going to the North Carolina game. Mhm. I got tickets for that. <laughs> I'll be there. All right. Uh, that's about it for tonight. And uh, it's great to have you, you on, it. have you on the show and, uh, you know, keep up the good work. All right.
1: You got it, man. Give us a call again next week. Thank you. All right. 646-595-2048. is the number. Uh, hit the number one on your keypad if you'd like to come on the show i um, looking at the board. We got a lot of open spots there for callers, so uh, don't be bashful. Uh, come and uh, get the new year off to a good start, and, and, and be part of the show. Uh, hit the number one on your keypad once you're on the phone, and you want to come on the show. Um, that five-star subject that he just brought up is is, um, is an interesting one. And you know, like I said, when when the analysts do those rankings, they're extremely selective in who gets those five-star tags and it's it's really a, a, you know a, a very very small sampling size of the whole recruiting class because if you didn't do that what would be the point of it it wouldn't be special the way it is if you didn't make it special by limiting the number of kids that get the five-star tag so um you know i i, I wouldn't get too hung up right now uh, on rankings, I, I, I think what you really want to see is a lot of four-stars in in the class because that's where the depth of your recruiting classes come from. Uh, yes, yeah, some schools will, obviously, like the Alabamas of the world, they'll get a couple five-star kids. Yes, you, you would love to have them. But right now where Miami's at, uh, I'm not sure that competing for those five-star kids around the country is really reality. I, I think that the program's going to have to put up a good season or two here uh, and establish this coaching staff as one that can win big on the national stage. And then I think they'll be able to get involved with more of those kids that the recruiting analysts are labeling as five-star kids. All right, um, before we go back to the phone calls, and again hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show, Uh, let me pop into one or two more of these questions submitted by the posters at canesport.com. Is there concern over the little tackling that's been done in camp to this point um they're predominantly only tackling to the ground during scrimmages uh a lot of people are commenting that they don't think that's enough that the team should be tackling more uh to to be sharp when the when the real games begin on september the third uh, so is that a concern and um you know, I'm gonna say no right now just because of the opening game being what it is, number one. And you might see some missed tackles here or there, you know, obviously because of that. Um but, you know, the the, the bottom line is with with the opening game uh being what it is, there's not as much pressure um on that particular aspect of the game. So they'll there'll be a lot of live tackling in that game. And um, they've been working a lot of tackling drills in practice. And, uh, you know, Manny Diaz has been teaching a new style of tackling that uh, is is different than what these kids have done in the past. It's more of a rugby type tackle that they think is going to make this a better tackling football team. Um, So they're they're working it a lot in practice uh, in different drills. The the biggest thing is kids just aren't being taken to the ground uh, except in scrimmages. Uh, So right now I would say, that no, I wouldn't be too worried about it. I think you have to look at the depth that this team has and, and, and the fact that that is an issue in so many places. And the coaches just don't want to risk um, an abundance of injuries here in training camp by overdoing it with the full contact work. And, um, you know, by the time they need to be a really good tackling football team, as you start getting into weeks, two, three, four, five, six, uh, hopefully at that point um, they will be. Um Another question that came in is asking if we see a mentally tougher football team than in recent years. And um, hmm, the best way I think I can answer that one would be to say that it's to be determined. Um, To me, mental toughness isn't getting suspended for driving around in luxury cars on South Beach. Or, you know, any of these other violations continuing to come to the forefront, like, you know, Gerald Willis apparently uh, now being back on scout team because he's going to be suspended for the first game. Uh, this morning in practice, he was working with the scout team. And, uh, you know, to me, mental toughness is those type of things not permeating themselves on a football team. So I'm not ready to declare that this is a mentally tougher team than in recent years. I think they have to show it to you Um uh, you know i don't think you just anoint that because you want to be able to say yes to that question obviously everybody wants to hear yeah you know they're they're mentally tougher but uh you don't get in trouble you know you, i mean think about that it's like you got a new coaching staff coming in. There couldn't be more euphoria around the program. They've 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 sold nine thousand new season tickets this year. Everyone's fired up. You got the stadium fixed up. Uh, I mean it, it. I mean, could it be? Uh, could there be a greater festival of happiness taking place right now in Coral Gables? I mean, I don't think so. Uh, I, I mean, I I I I think it's 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 literally it's a festival of happiness and. Um, you're not mentally tough if you're getting in trouble, if you're creating scandals and stuff that are stealing attention away from the good things going on in the program and, and are the talk of the media who's going to be suspended and, and who did what with, with cars and things like that. Uh, To me, that's not mental toughness. Um, So, you know, I would say that that mental toughness thing is, is, is to be determined and something that, Will continue to be evaluated here um, as things move forward with the new season. All right, let's go back. Uh, let's see. Yep. Uh, let's go back to the board. It's uh, the number 646 595 2048. 646 595 2048. Again, hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Plenty of room for anybody that would like to do so. We've got another hour to go here on Kane Sport Live. As long as we have people that wanna participate. So let's go now to the seven five four where you are live on Kane Sport Live.
11: What's happening, Gary? How you feeling? It's Jerome.
1: Hey, what's up, Jerome? Welcome back.
11: Hey man, it's it's always a pleasure, man. Thank you so much for starting this all over again, you know, Gary. You know, we're looking forward to this season and all. And Gary, you know you, you hit on something that was so profound, man. You know, it it's it's a it's a it's a festival of of uh, a lot of things to be looking up, look, you know, looking forward to, man. You, I pass by the of stadium, happiness. you know. Yeah, I <laughs> pass by the stadium. It's,
1: it's full of happiness. It really is.
11: Yeah, yeah. I pass by the stadium. I see, I see it all coming together, man. And uh, you know, the fact that we hired Mark Rick, uh, you know, as the as coach, and I see recruiting, is, uh, you know, picking up and everything, you know. And the was talking about five stars. You know, right now, Gary, I'm I'm happy with four and three stars right now because we're looking at possibly redshirting quite a few of them and everything. And therefore, I want to see the development get a, You know, we get back to developing players. You know, and if we can redshirt a three or four star, whatever, you know, because we we're solidifying our debt, our depth rather, and you know, that's that's that tells you something to, you know that 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 the program is going in the right direction, man, and and uh. And like you say, man, you know, you you think about the uh, the the thing about what Mark Rick donated some money toward award this uh, indoor practice facility that on its way uh, to should be uh, imminent, I should say. And uh, and, you know, it's it's a lot of things to look forward to, man. And like you say, I wouldn't say I would say this, Gary, about the mental toughness. It's not a good start for the, the mental toughness. You know, the you know, if you if you're talking about getting being mental, mentally tough. Uh, getting in trouble and, and drawing all this attention—it's not a good start. But then you got to wait till the season gets going. That's when the real bullets are, are being fired, and then that's when you know when you know who's in the foxhole with you, and you, you know who can who can hold up during the time when the you know when the pressure is on. So that, that's when we really got to see it. Then you, you know, know some, like, somebody, like, here, here's yeah.
1: here, here's what I'm talking about in that regard. Like you know, let's say Kwan Muhammad. Okay, mm-hmm. here's a kid. He already had to miss a season. You know, for getting in trouble and, and, and yeah. doing things he shouldn't have and, and shouldn't have been doing. Now he's coming back. Uh it's his fifth year. He's a guy that I mean he knows that they're counting on him. I mean he yeah. knows that he, he knows that, that, that he's supposed to be the leader of this defense. He knows exactly. that this is his his time to impress the people in the National Football League so that he could go on and continue his football career. And he knows. And he knows, Jerome, when he's looking at that fancy Lamborghini down there at South Beach Exotic Rentals—I think the name of the place is—that wow. he's not supposed to take that car out for a ride. Right? I, I I can't figure it out,
11: Jerry. you're right. So you right. Making, I can't. Making
1: that, de- making that decision is not mental toughness. And and you know if you're going to be a mentally tough football team that is a team of brothers that know that they can count on each other, that's the kind of stuff that can't happen, in my opinion.
11: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Gary, when you when you say mentally tough team, you know this this the first school I ain't gonna say the first school that come to my mind, but in the ACC, I think about Virginia Tech all them years under Frank Beamer. You know, a lot of, they they were able to avoid a lot of uh uh trouble or or you know stuff or you know, maybe we didn't hear everything that went on in Blacksburg. But I'm just saying they they were able to have that lunch pail type of attitude that, that set in that uh Look, that set there, the tone. There's for a lot of things mental... you don't hear
1: about in Coral Gables too, okay? You know, no tone, there's a lot of stuff Okay, so yeah, yeah, I don't buy into. I'm not buying into that one either, Jerome. I mean, these kids, you know, you got to have, you got to take accountability. And and look, I'm a parent. I don't know. I don't know if you have kids. I mean, I understand how hard. I'm
11: I'm a grand. I'm a granddaddy there, (laughs) so uh, you know, I I, I know. I I know what you're saying about holding them to holding them accountable now.
1: Oh my God! Keeping kids out of trouble in today's world—I it, mean, it, it's a daily chore. I mean, there's just so many distractions out there, and so many, so many things that you know can can lead them astray. You know, even yeah. something as simple as like, like, what kid? Let's be honest. What kid doesn't want to go drive a damn Lamborghini around South Beach? I mean, who doesn't want to do that? Of course, yeah. Of course, well, you want uh, to. Do that if you're yeah. if you're a twenty-year-old, you know.
11: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Get that that's the part You need to be held accountable for. it. Gary, if I was 20 years old, I might have bit that thing hook, line, and sinker myself, no <laughs> doubt. You know, you know. So, so I, that's what I'm saying about with, 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 you know fine, regrouping with a from fine, that one. Right. How, how,
1: with, with a fine, with a fine lady by your side, I imagine, right, Jerome?
11: Well, yes, <laughs> yes, of course. Yeah, of
1: course, you would have, a fine, but, you but, would Gary, have had a fine lady by your side driving that Lamborghini. Of course.
11: Of course, (laughs) because it's a a, a female magnet. But, but Gary, Gary, the thing about it is, is how you recover from that. Okay? You screwed up. You messed up. But how you recover from it? I'm holding you accountable. You're going to show me how you're going to recover from that. And then I'm going to see where your mental toughness can
1: go. From there,
11: yeah, okay, How do you recover fair from enough.
1: It? But I'll tell you right now, it's a distraction. I mean, it's it's, yeah. it's it, it, it it's constantly being talked about out there. Yeah, it is, um, it
11: is, it is, it is. But, 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 but there, you I'm know, orange and green. Yeah, but you know, you know, orange mm-hmm. and green. When we when we pop up in the news, you know, the ESPN is going to make sure we you know we get well publicized throughout the nation. You know, you know what I'm saying? And it, and it's not going to go away. The media is going to keep on bashing it and, and picking, you know, and, and just keep tossing it around and keep on reminding us of. This and that, and we got to walk a fine line coming off of this this thing what we just came off of. And recruiting is a careful it's a careful walk. But I think we're gonna come out all right, Gary. We just gotta hang in there with it. And this is what's you know we we made our bed hard. We gotta sleep in it. So you know we just we just gotta uh uh, uh get through this thing, Gary.
1: Yeah, I'm just kind of surprised they've let it go this far. I, I would have thought they would have been done with their investigation by now.
11: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, th- I would have too. But Gary, look, look here, man. I'm uh, looking forward to speaking with you next uh, Tuesday night, as we head get ready for the the Rattlers and everything. But Gary, it's just gonna be tailgating with that stadium like it is. I the twelve o'clock games can't bother me no more now, and I'm just I'm 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 ready, Gary.
1: Yeah, you're in good shape as long as your seats aren't on the north side lower deck the the yeah. the, stu- the students yeah. and yeah. everybody else on those lower deck uh seats on the north sideline if it's an afternoon game you're you're going to be a little toasty but still but yeah i guess I, I guess i guess that's the way it always was so no big deal yeah
11: yeah 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 all right Gary. keep up the great work okay, man Jerome. i'll thanks. check in with yep. you next week
1: you got it man thanks for being part of the show all right 64659520486465952048 if you're driving around out there listening to the show on your phone or whatever, dial that number, hit the number one on your keypad, and uh, let us know what's on your mind. Let's go out now to the 407, where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. Are you with us? Going once, going twice. All right, you're going to have to call back. Sorry about that. Uh, let's go now to the 601, where you are live on Kane Sport Live. <laughs> Yeah,
12: Gary, you got the Cane Man out of Mississippi. I was hoping I'd get a chance to follow my good friend, Jerome, that you just got with. Oh, what's up, Cane Man?
1: You know Jerome?
12: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Right. Yes, sir. Uh, I have a quick question for you. Uh, we got a new recruit there that came in as a running back, Travis Homer. Uh, mm-hmm. I consider him a home run kid. What's your assessment on him thus far?
1: Yeah, he's got some nice skills. I mean, is he going to be ready right now to start the season? I don't think so. Uh, You know, I I, I think you've got Mark Walton, Joe Yerby, who are going to be the the two main guys. I think Gus Edwards has certainly shown – Throughout his career, that he's capable of stepping in there and, and getting meaningful reps. So those three to me are going to get the majority of the playing time at running back. I, you know the coaches are going to have to make a decision on Travis Homer on whether they're going to play him as a true freshman. Uh, with Trayon Gray getting hurt, I don't know if they're going to have the luxury of of redshirting him or not. Uh, we'll have to see how that plays out. They also have the new fullback Marquez Williams, capable of carrying the football late in the ball game if you're just killing the clock. Um, so, uh, you know, we don't know yet what they're going to do with Travis Homer, but, uh, obviously has, has great skills is going to be a, a, a very important part of this program going into the future. Uh, I think right now he's got to work on his, his blitz pickups and things like that. That's always the biggest adjustment for a true freshman. I don't think he's quite there yet in, in that regard. Um, and Thomas Brown has kind of confirmed that for me when, uh, when I've spoken with him and, um, but, no reason to feel anything but excited about about Travis. He's uh, he's going to be a, a fine player down the road. Probably very much in the mold of like year B and Walton. I don't think uh, he's, going to, be a Heisman tro- he's not going to be a Heisman trophy back or anything like that. But I think he'll, he'll be a, he'll he'll be a steady contributor, you know, kind of like you're, going to, you're you're seeing year B and and, and Walton be as Hurricanes. Yeah, I just
12: you I was hoping that he actually get a chance to rest, sure.
1: Uh, well, had Trayon Gray had Trayon Gray not gotten hurt, I'd be predicting that. You know, I think that would yeah. be the, the the most common sense thing to do with him at this point. Um, but with Trayon Gray getting hurt, um, I don't know if they're gonna have the luxury to redshirt Travis or not.
12: Right. Uh, one additional question. Uh, I'm being out of Mississippi. Uh, there's a linebacker. I think his last name is Gay uh, in Stocksville, Mississippi. As a matter of fact, he plays on the team with my grandson. I know he's quite interested in Miami. Uh, have you had any follow-up uh, on him at all as to where we stand with the recruiting of this kid, linebacker, out of Starkville, Mississippi? What's his Hill, first name? I know. I think his last name is Jake. G-A- uh, G-A-Y? G-A-Y?
1: Yeah,
12: because my grandson was talking about him uh Last Willie, Sunday you're talking. About,
1: okay, it. you're talking. You're talking about Willie Gay. He's um. He's a four-star. Yeah. Four, yeah, he's a four-star linebacker out of Starksville. Right. Um, right. Right. Right now, right now he is committed to Ole Miss. Uh, but he is going to take, apparently, is going to take visits. Uh, I don't believe Miami is going to make the cut on that. Uh, I don't think that. They're recruiting him very seriously. Um, but he he has said that he's receptive to looking at some other schools. Um, but right now Miami's just not in the mix there.
12: Right. Because I was sort of thinking that when Mississippi possibly face some sanction with what's been going on there, and I was thinking yeah. the kid might be smart enough to look elsewhere.
1: Well, he is. He is. He's just not looking – necessarily at miami i mean he's looking at florida he's looking at georgia um he's looking at um mississippi state lsu south carolina he's looking at michigan at michigan um you know so he's, he's just not looking at miami that's all
12: right right okay that's all I had. I, I had I felt compelled to call in since my buddy a uh, good friend Jerome called in. So uh, we <laughs> usually talk every week. Mm-hmm. All right,
1: cool. Well thanks for uh, being part uh, of the show. Uh, give oh the yeah. Call again. Oh
12: yeah, I am. Oh yeah, one other thing. I am desperate to get some Notre Dame tickets. <laughs>
1: you are, huh? Yeah, well, sell- 'cause I'm
12: planning I'm planning on I, going I to f- the game as a matter of fact.
1: I couldn't believe my eyes, but there was a public sale a few weeks back. I don't know if there's any still available, but uh, I, you know, I can't believe they don't sell out Notre Dame Stadium. I mean, that, that, that was amazing to me, but uh, you can check online over there, go to the Notre Dame website, and see if they're still selling tickets, yeah. but that would, like, yeah. right, might be your pocket in there. Yeah, uh, so, yeah I saw some for like 200 some dollars a ticket. Yeah.
12: And, and well, by they, the way... They were
1: yeah, selling for 150 I, to the last I saw.
12: Okay. Oh, yeah, I did see uh, the Appalachian State game. It's 11 o'clock ESPN2.
1: 11 o'clock your time, 12 o'clock Eastern, yep. Right, right, uh-huh. Okay. All right. All right, appreciate you. Just leave me on hold. You, you got it. Thanks for being part of the show. All right, I got an open board here. So if you'd like to participate tonight, um, please hit the number one on your keypad. The number is 646-595-2048, 646-595-2048. Like I said, hit the number one on your keypad, and we'll bring you on the show. In the meantime, I sat down today with a guy that I think is going to be a real key performer for this Hurricane football team this fall, and that is a young man by the name of Braxton Berrios. And, uh... I think you'll enjoy listening to this little uh, three-minute inter- interview that I had with Braxton today. So let me go ahead and play it right now. Team Sport TV. We're here with uh, Braxton Barrios. Eleven days before opening day. and uh, Wow. You guys must be
0: getting uh, wired up. Huh? Oh, we can't wait. I was finally here. After all this time, it's here. We're excited. So How's this team coming together? We're strong. Yeah. Um, really. I mean, today was hot. Today was long. Today was hard. And. Uh, I mean, it, it was great towards the end. Everybody just started pushing each other. Um, you know, everybody kept each other up, and uh, you know, it's really, um, it's really visible that uh, that we really come together.
1: It seems like just yesterday, you know, we saw you and Brad come out of high school together. I, yeah, I, I right? remember standing with you guys at the Under Armour game, uh-huh. there talking, and yeah. like it was just yesterday. And it was uh, wow. man, now you guys are going into year three. And uh, talk a little bit about how far you've seen Brad come from that day to today. It's, uh, I mean, it's really hard to put
0: into words, um, Brad, myself, and r- really everybody that came in with us, I mean, just just uh, the, the body shape, body style, both of ours has changed tremendously. Um, the maturity, um, really understanding college football, I think that is, uh, I think sometimes people take the longness with that, you know, just getting just understanding everything about it. And, uh, I mean, really that transition with him that I've seen, the maturity, that transition to knowing everything about college football is very, very relevant, very visible to me. And
1: and this passing game now has kind of gone through a little transformation here with Coach Rick. Mm -hmm. Um, How's that working out?
0: What are the differences? It's great. Honestly, it's great right now. Um, we're, We're running great routes. We like the routes we're running. QB seem to have great timing with us right now,
1: so it's uh, it's really been good. And and yourself um, came out of high school had a little bit of a knee problem mm-hmm. and yeah. kind of beat up here the first couple years. Yeah. Never really been hundred percent physically. No, not really. But now you are. Now I am. And uh, I'm
0: excited. It's, yeah, it's, uh, it's it's time. You know, it's uh, it's been frustrating over the past two years. You know, not not being hundred percent, not being where I wanted to be. But uh, now I am, and you know, by the grace of God, hopefully I can stay that way and uh, really show. So you got
1: your speed back. You're you're running good routes. Great. Your buddies with the quarterbacks, so you get lots of football. Yeah, that's. Uh, um. That imagine, imagine the ladies are treating you pretty well. So you got life uh, on camera. On camera. <laughs> wow. <laughs> All right. So you got life. You've got life, uh, you've got life in, in in a pretty good place. Right? Uh, I'm I'm blessed. So that's the easiest way. To put it. So um. Coaching transition, it's been nine months now. Mm-hmm. Uh, has everybody fully adjusted? Oh, everybody. I mean,
0: we, we, we got fully adjusted, I'd say, in the spring. Um, it's, it's been incredible. I love everything about it. Yeah, so um, just a total upbeat feeling going into the season. It is. I mean, it, it, it's exciting. We're, we're ready. We're ready to start playing. We're ready to start winning. Um, you know, it's, it, it, it should be a completely new year. All right, Braxton, thank you. Appreciate
1: it. So that was Braxton Berrios, and it uh, leads me into the next question that was posted on the message boards at KaneSport.com asking who are the true leaders going to be on this 2016 team besides Brad Kaya and um you know I think that Braxton Barrios is going to be one of them I really do I think he's going to make a lot of plays uh, I think he I mean you hear how charismatic he is and you know just the nicest kid in the world but uh once the game starts he's competitive as hell uh you saw what a great spring game he had uh, he does run great routes. He's very shifty. He's got his speed back to four four, and um, I think that with his chemistry with Brad, that he's going to have a heck of a year if he stays healthy. And so he would be a guy that I certainly point to as an emerging leader on this team. Um, you know, beyond that, uh, you know, defensively leadership is is a little bit of an issue. I think because you don't really have that guy. You know, you don't have. You know Brad Kaya, he can lead because he's that guy on the offense. You don't really have that right now um, on the defense. Uh, I I think that the coaches would like to see Rayshon Jenkins emerge as that kind of guy. I think Jamal Carter is another one. You know, he's got a little bit of a dog in him that you know he 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 could emerge as that as that type of leader. But it's not really their personality to do so. Same thing with Corn Elder. Um, I would say the same thing. So. Um, I think finding leaders on defense is going to be a little bit more difficult than, you know, maybe you you might hope it would be going into the new season. So that'll be something to kind of keep an eye on as the games begin. Who are the leaders? going to be on this defense you need leaders you have tough moments in games where you need somebody who can command that kind of respect and pick his teammates up in the crucial moments of a football game and um so they're going to need leaders to emerge and uh, it'll be interesting to see you know who that might be uh, as things progress here over the coming weeks All right the phone number is 646-595-2048 646-595-2048 Hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. I've got an open board right now, so plenty of opportunity here for those of you who would like to come on the show, speak your mind, ask any questions that might be on your mind. And uh, while we wait to see if that will emerge, I will continue on down the list of questions that were posted at canesport.com, and we sort of segue on that leadership is, issue, uh, back to some talk about Manny Diaz. And, you know, the, the poster was commenting how when every time he sees Manny Diaz, it looks like he's about ready to rip somebody's head off at all times. He's a very fiery coach. Uh, he speaks very matter-of-factly. He doesn't pull punches. He doesn't mince his words. He's very clear on what expectations that he has for his defense and for the players that will play for it this year and in the future. And, um, he's very, he's very demanding of that. And, um, the thing that I wonder is that if the defense is in fact lacking leaders, like I think it is, and and I think they're going to have a hard time finding those player leaders, uh, on this team this year, because of the reasons that I stated a moment ago, um, I you know I I think Manny Diaz is going to have to fill some of that void uh, as a coach and and I think he'll be up to the task I I I think he's willing to put himself out there and 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 be that kind of fiery leader uh, for his defense so uh, we'll see how that scenario emerges combined with the previous topic that we talked about uh, of leadership but uh, you might see Manny Diaz sort of emerge a little bit as a leader of his own defense. We'll see how that goes. All right, 646 595 2048. Hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. We've got a few more guys now who have jumped into the queue. Let's go to the 561. You are live on Kane Sport Live.
13: Hey, Gary, this is Bev Avino. How are you?
1: Doing great. How are you doing tonight?
13: Uh, I'm doing real well, buddy. Uh, a couple different questions for you. One, I wonder what's going on with Grace? Is, is he hurt or suspended? I just haven't heard much. Going on about him?
1: Well, there's, you know, he's he's involved in the car thing, and he is uh, okay. Yeah, there's, you know, there's speculation that he may have to miss a game or two here and see see what happens. But uh, okay, other than that, I think he's fine.
13: No, okay. The only reason being you mentioned leadership, and I would have to imagine he's somebody just his athleticism and how physical he is that just. By example but, but, that but they're going to follow. But that's his not his
1: personality. It, 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 the problem is, like none of these guys, like none of these guys have, like you know, like Ray Lewis, for example, had that type of personality. Dan Morgan mm-hmm. had that type of personality. You know, th- there's just a difference, and and, and and being a leader has to come naturally. It can't be forced or fake. And uh, you know, right now, I don't think they have a lot of guys, even <clears throat> Jermaine Grace, quite honestly, who have had the level of success in their careers to where being that type of leader comes naturally.
13: You got to, you got to imagine too, they're kind of a product of the environment, right? I mean, you know, just nine months ago, the guys were basically being told not to be emotional. Don't show your emotions, try to save your energy, be reserved. So playing, you know, with aggression and getting after it, they were almost coached against that to a degree. So it's almost kind of been ingrained in them in the last couple of years.
1: Yeah, I mean, you could say that. But I I just think the biggest thing is that you have to be accomplished as a football player. That's got to be number one, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, if you're going to be a leader. It's very hard to be a leader if you haven't done anything on the field. And, you know, Jermaine was a good football player last year. I don't know. Would you call him a great football player last year? I I, I don't know that I I would say great. I don't know that I would call him, you know, I mean, he's – he wasn't named to the preseason all ACC team or anything like that i mean
13: mm-hmm.
1: y- you see what i'm getting at like
13: no yeah uh, i'm with you i think it's just the respect you hear the players talk about him you know so you know when the players are talking well, he's about a good him they they player. see something yeah no sure so the good so football was, player Owen but dimension.
1: you know you're talking about a whole I'm different sorry. deal when you're talking about being the leader of the defense
13: no, no, don't disagree. Kind of jumping over to offense, I appreciated the article that you put out on Malcolm Lewis. I, I think back in the day, Malcolm was a great football player. I mean, he didn't necessarily have a lot of wiggle, but, man, he was, you know, he was a great route runner, he had great hands, and he was strong. I mean, back when Duke used to break his runs, Duke used to always mention when he saw Malcolm on that side, he knew Malcolm was going to be a great blocker. So I'm glad to hear that he's kind of been a pleasant surprise to the new coaching staff where they just kind of almost scratch on the head like, hey, who is this kid? You know he's he's really yeah. kind of you know showing out a little bit. Happy to hear it. And
1: even though he's not a superstar kind of player, he's somebody I should have mentioned as a, as a leader. I mean Malcolm Lewis is without question a leader on this football team. The kids respect him. Uh, like you say, yeah. they know he does the little. He's going to be there and doing the little things all the time. Uh, he's going to run yeah. the right routes. He he's going to learn every single responsibility of every single receiver position so that if he's needed for his team at any moment in a game that he could yeah. go out on the field and he could fulfill that responsibility. That's a leader. Uh, and, and, and yeah, yeah. Mal, I mean, Mal, Malcolm Lewis uh, and, and, and I apologize for not including him initially uh, without question should be somebody on that list.
13: Matt nope, Agreed. I'm glad to hear it. Cool. Very nice, Gary. Appreciate it. Great work. I think the reason you've been putting in so much work, there's more positive things to talk about. You don't have to, you know, tweak your articles or you're not hurting anybody's feelings. Now you get to just kind of call it for what it is yeah. and what you see. So keep up the good work. It's a, we it, it. It,
1: it, it's a festival of happiness, man. It's like, you know, and, and, it, just, and it and it and and I mean, it just keeps coming, man. It's like bring it on, more, and more, and more. It's coming. It's like, um, you know, like today, like this guy from LSU. The, the offensive yeah, lineman yeah, who who might who might fall in Miami's lap if if they if they can convince them not to go to Penn State. I mean that's a that's a great example. I mean, you know, no, if agreed. you could you know, if you, if you could pick up George Brown at the, at this stage of the game and and add him to what you've already got in the recruiting class, I mean to me that that would be a huge thing and uh so no, I you know it, it, it's all positive. You know what the, you know, you know what the
13: irony is? You know, yeah, you know what the irony is? I mean, something that we used to look at it as a deterrent when the stadium was empty and everyone was avoiding the heat or had just other things to do in South Florida. Now, all of a sudden, the stadium, I think it was a pivotal moment when when Mark Rick kind of corrected that guy on ESPN where he kind of said, well, well, stop right there. Don't don't say that, you know, we have to play X amount of distance from the stadium. He's like, we get to play in Dolphin Stadium. So I, I was kind of glad to see him dig his heels in being like you're missing the mark like what this facility is going to be is like nothing else in college football so now something that was maybe a deterrent for atmosphere now all of a sudden could be the reason people want to go there you know like they did back in the day you know just like watching the you know the cowboy games or something like that when we were kids we just kind of had that sunlight coming through the stadium with all the shade it could be something that really resonates with recruits
1: yeah, I mean, look, the University of Miami is not going to have an on-campus football stadium. They're, they're just not. I mean, right. there's nowhere to put it. Okay, there's nowhere to put it. There's nowhere to to move that type of traffic through there, and and it's it just it's not something that it's, that's that's going to happen. So you could sit there and let it continue to be a negative, and have let people harp on it and go on and on and on over and over and over again, or you can focus on what's positive and that's that you got a first-class stadium that you are going to be playing in that just had $500 million put into it. Um, You got beautiful HD replay boards in every corner. You've got nice seating, Um, you know, three quarters of the stadiums in the shade. So people don't have to bake at those damn noon, noon games that you're always getting because of the ACC network. Um, If you're not one of the top two teams in the league, you're going to get some 12 o'clock games. And um you know it's the the fans are responding by buying tickets they have nine thousand new season ticket holders this year looks like they're gonna sell about forty forty thousand season tickets um and then when you add wow. students to it and and opponents and things like and, and and things like that yeah i mean it's 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 all all very positive and uh so we'll see how it looks this year. Have
13: you been inside the stadium, or are you just kind of driven by? I have. and have taken some pictures. Okay. No, I have.
1: I, I, I have been in there, and uh, it's every bit as impressive as it looks in the pictures.
13: Wow! Cool. Awesome. Appreciate the time, Gary. Thank you.
1: Anytime. Thank you for being part of the show. All right, let's go out now to the the two five six. You are now live on Team Sport Live. Awesome. Hello,
14: Gary, my friend. It's the Kaniac.
1: Hey, what's up, man?
14: Not much. Had to grace your first show this year. (laughs) But let's get on to that stadium. For starters, why would we want to own campus stadium now? We're going to be playing in the state of the art. So let's just go from there. Now, the dogs. um, Hey, do me a favor. You got
1: something playing in the back? Yeah, it's you. <laughs> but let me turn Yeah, it down. yeah, yeah. But, but you got to, yeah, turn that thing. Uh, it's on like a, it's on a few seconds late. I listen
14: what y'all write on Kane Sport and the other ones, and then I go and listen to them on YouTube. And I've not heard one dog voice, nothing like an owl blade, nothing like we used to have that was so confident they told us what they were going to do.
1: No, you don't have I, that right now. No, we
14: don't. And I'm thinking no. that Coach Cool Diaz. And even Ruff, we'll go get them. It might take us one year. We're gonna have to do with what we got. Al Gold and them went after a different product than what we were used to having. And even AQM, I was one of his biggest supporters. I thought he was gonna be that dog. He, you know, let's see, uh, he's got he's, this uh, year yeah, he, he,
15: he's been He's Mister
14: Nice Guy yeah. too. If you want to get right down to it, he, I think he, boy, he has
1: a lot. To- this year man he better bring it on On the football field because let me tell you something uh, I mean that one's been a big Disappointment I mean he came Out of high school and Everybody oh. thought he was going to be a really good defensive end in college And it's just been one one Screw up after the other and, uh, you know, I think he's our got boys are going to gonna
14: be Norton and McIntosh Them will be our hmm. voices Then we'll see if our freshman linebackers um, Have what everybody's talking about And if they do then good for us um, in the deep the in, in the backfield, defensive backfield, I don't know. I mean, Rayshon Jenkins. I think Jamal Carter's a dog, but on the outside, Corn Elder, he's another Mister Nice Guy. I want to see them folks get back out there and start putting pain on the helmet. You know what I mean? Yep. And, and you know the
1: the, fresh, the freshman linebackers—they're all going to be very good players, but you know I think you got to remember as you go into this year that they're freshmen. And, you know, you have to temper your expectations a little bit with those guys.
14: Yeah, but at least you've got to have the confidence, Gary. Them boys that came into Miami from when we were grown up, freshmen, it didn't matter. You know, they went out there and told you what they was going to do. I have yet heard one person on that team go out there and tell me what they was going to do. And now, Marquise, that's who I'm looking forward to this year. I think that that boy might be a bruiser. And that's what this offense may need for him get behind him, let him run it, and let's go and let's see what this running game's all about.
1: you know he's gonna make a massive impact on this team he's I mean got he, to. He just he he does I mean, dirty work physical i mean he he'll lay guys out,
14: and I am and that's what we got to have once he comes out there against Sam you and puts a couple of them out, then that might make somebody. You know, get up there and stop all that yes or no sir stuff. You know, I want to hear we're fixing to run over y'all the next game. You know, that's the kind of stuff that I'm ready to hear again. That's what made us, and that's what will make us again. Yeah, I mean, all that, I mean, you know, being Mr. Nice Guy stuff, that's great, I guess, for this new PC culture, but not for this cane. You know, Gary, I bring it, I bring it for real, and I'm ready to see the cane (laughs) bring it again. But anyway, you want go I did want to you grace want to your show away. tonight, and can I say hello to one person? Go ahead. Yeah, you know who it is, Swagger, 69, October the 8th, <laughs> It's covered.
1: <laughs> and I, <laughs> I mean, appreciate that.
14: you getting me on, Gary, y'all have a
1: good one. All right, Caniac, thanks for being part of the show. All right, thank you. Uh, always love when that guy calls, he's a trip. Um, all right, we got about 25 minutes of show here. 646-595-2048, 646-595-2048 is the number, you hit the number one on your keypad, if you want to come on the show, and um, let's go out now to, wait, things are jumping around here, let me see if, uh, no, we've got him on, we've got him on, alright, we've got, uh, let's see, here we go, let's go out to the 863, you're live on Cane Sport Live.
16: How y'all doing?
1: Doing great. Who's this?
16: It's Christian from Lakeland,
10: Florida.
1: What's up, Christian? Welcome to the show.
10: Yeah, yeah, I was uh, first time listening, and I'm I'm loving it. Big Kane fan, and I uh, just got a couple questions. Uh, first question: Back on recruiting, uh, Todd Brady, man. Do you think he's gonna be the next uh, J, uh, DJ Dallas? Like, gonna get behind him and help pull these guys in?
1: Who Who would you say?
10: uh, uh, Todd Brady, Brady, I think it is that cornerback that, uh, was that Oklahoma? You're, you're,
1: all right. Yeah. Right. I'm not going, I'm not going uh, delirious here. I got a lot of stuff that goes through my brain, but you're talking about <laughs> Trajan Bandy. Um, yeah, I can't say his name. My bad. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's Trajan Bandy. Um, you know, yeah, he, he's got that kind of personality. He's not really trying to do it the way DJ Dallas is, you know, but, uh, he was a nice pickup. That kid's a, is a hard nosed player. He's small now, you know. He's he, he's maybe like five eight. I mean, he's going to be a small corner. Uh, you know, I think you know the best place where they'll probably be able to try to use him is in the slot. I don't know that he'll hold up on the outside in college football, but uh, he's a fierce competitor. He'll help them a lot on special teams and things like that. But uh, you know, will he be the poster the poster boy the way um, DJ Dallas is? I don't know if I could say that.
10: Alright, alright. That's about right, all I had and I'm gonna keep calling in or keep listening, man. I really like the show. I've heard a lot of good stuff and uh I that last call I was just on man. I hope I hope Miami puts eighty points on everybody.
1: <laughs> just all right. up the
10: score, man.
1: You got it. Thanks for all being right, part please, of the show.
10: Yes, sir, thank you.
1: All right, 646-595-2048. Hit the number one on your keypad if you'd like to come on the show and speak. Um, We have an open board right now, so you'll be able to get on very, very quickly. So just hit the number one on your keypad when you call in at 646-595-2048. While we're monitoring that situation, let's bounce back to the questions that were posted by the posters at canesport.com for tonight's show. Um, who is going to be in the nickel package? And man, that is, that's a heck of a question. Um, cause there's a, there's a lot of things going on there and a lot of different, uh, options that the, the coaches have when they're, when they're putting this defense together. And, um, the thing that I think could happen, a lot's going to depend on Sheldrick Redwine and how he makes Manny Diaz feel here over the the, the last week here before they get into game preparation. And they have a scrimmage tomorrow night. And if Sheldrick Redwine performs well and, and makes the coaches feel like he can hold up on the outside, I could easily see when they get into nickel situations, them moving Cornelder inside into the slot and going with Redwine and and Colbert on the outside. I think that's one option that could emerge. Uh, Another one uh, might potentially be um, putting Jaquan Johnson in that type of role. Uh, I personally think that's a little bit of a reach. You know, I'd I'd feel a lot more comfortable if the natural corners stepped up and and were able to handle those slots themselves. Uh, There's just a shortage, man. It's like it is what it is. the player, some of the players are telling us that Ryan Mays is making improvement. We're just not sure he's going to be ready for that role. Um, Malik Young could grow into that nickel role in time, uh, but I don't think it's going to be day one. You know, I think it's going to take some time there. I mean, he's a true freshman. Uh, I'd be surprised if he could fulfill that type of responsibility right right out of the gate. Um, so we'll just have to see. The, but the nickel coverage is definitely a, a, a fluent situation. That is worth continuing to monitor here um, with each passing day as the season approaches. All right, the queue is back loaded up and, and ready to rumble. Um, let's let me catch my place here. I got it. So let's go now to the 601, where you are live on Kane Sport Live. Hello. That's you. Hey,
17: how you doing, dude?
1: Doing great. Who's this? This is great from 601.
17: What's up, man? What you got for us tonight? How, I want to know how different does the team act now that they have Mark Ricks rather than Al Golden. Is it a different feel?
1: Too soon to tell. You know, we got to see how they respond when the games start. Um, you know, I can't say anything crazy. I mean, you know, the, the, those kids get in trouble in the offseason kind of threw me a little bit. You know, you kind of hope that with the coaching change coming in, a whole new mind – mindset right. in the program that, that, you know, guys would stay out of trouble and that you wouldn't be having to go into a season with these type of distractions on, on the sidelines. So, you know, in terms of how disciplined the team's going to be, uh, let, 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 let's bring that one back up in October maybe and, and see where we're at. Okay. Um, I
17: know the 1st Milan linebackers, are they really that good? Uh, I mean, we didn't have anyone um, – Sophomore, junior, the seniors, better
1: than those guys? You said the first team, offensive and defensive lines? Is that what you said?
17: No, though. No. Those freshman linebackers, are they really that good? Oh, we didn't have anyone oh,
1: freshman linebacker, I'm um, sorry.
17: Uh, ready to step yeah, in
5: yeah. other than those yeah.
1: guys? Yeah, they are. They are. They are really that good. And, and you know, the fact that you don't have veterans other than Jermaine Grace uh, on this team is obviously helping them. But, um, Those kids, you know, Quarterman, Pinckney, and McLeod are going to be the modern-day version, in my opinion, of of the Bermuda Triangle, the old days. I think those three are going to be together throughout their careers, and they're going to give Miami a great nucleus at that linebacker position. I mean, let's face it, they're going to play as true freshmen this year. They're going to have their ups and downs. It's not going to be perfect. There's going to be times where everyone out here is grimacing, oh, you know, did that really just happen? Um but you're building something there and, and, and those kids are all good football players and they give you something to build. Right. right.
17: I have one more question. Um, what about uh Alabama seem like Alabama just comes in there and gets all the the top tier players that they want? What is I mean, do you see that changing in the future?
1: Do I do I see what in the future?
17: Uh, What is it about Alabama? It seems like Nick Saban just comes in there and gets all the top-tier players he wants. Like, he's hand-picking them and they're coming. Do you see that changing in the future?
1: Oh, do I see that changing in the future? Um, well, everything's cyclical. I mean, I don't see it changing as long as Nick Saban's there. Uh, that guy just – he runs the prototypical football pro- program. I mean, uh, the the way I, that that Alabama program is run, if, if you were going to make a textbook and how to run a college football program, you would model it after what they're doing at Alabama in every segment of their program. Uh, it, it's it's just very, very well run. It's very well conceived. It's very well staffed, and they do a sensational job. And that's why they're number one every year and why they're competing for the national title every every year. And um, as long as Nick Saban is there, I don't see that changing.
17: Where's my time, Rick? I just wanted to get in and ask you a few questions.
1: No problem, man. Thanks for doing so. We'll talk to you again uh, maybe next week. Let's go to the 904. You're live on Kane Sport Live.
16: Hey, what's going on, Gary?
1: Doing good, doing good. Who's is. this? This is Mike.
16: Pat, Pat's 22 on the board.
1: How you doing tonight? Hey,
16: I'm pretty good. Just been and in. Excited about the upcoming season. I got my season tickets for 218 all year. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Um... <clears throat> One question I haven't really heard touched on too much. And I don't even know if you can tell yet. Is uh, does it look like they going to be like less? Oh, I'm trying to figure out how to how to say this. Less penalties this year. Like, are, do you see any signs so far? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Because we got freaking. At least I know last year we was like probably one of the worst penalized teams.
1: And the whole uh, I mean, country, yeah, <laughs> we we don't know we don't know what'll happen. We know that that's the idea. I mean, I I could I could safely tell you that that's what they're intending to have happen. Why but, why
16: was we so bad at getting penalties though? You know what I'm saying? Is, this, not is, a is there team. you can put your finger on, you know what I'm saying? Like, they yeah, just an undisciplined team. That, they,
1: yeah, it was, it was an undisciplined team that just they didn't have their heads in the game. They they I don't think they really had a feeling that they were playing. You know, for anything, especially after Clemson embarrassed the living daylights out of them, and, um... You know, I don't know. I, I don't think they were all in, man. It's like they, I you never felt like they were all in, and um, you know, yeah, guys. They were probably see what away.
16: you seen when you like when you were talking about you interviewed Gold, They probably seen that way before anything. You know what I mean? They they're young, but I know they're not stupid though. Like with the the yeah. and all that, you know what I mean? They probably seen like through the lines, like man, these dudes is like just down here. Getting this money and 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 they know their time you know they know their time to buy it up you know so they was probably pretty much checked out you know what I mean kind kind of halfway checked out anyway yeah I just but I, that I was just was think all, they were probably, all that's famous, probably like, like just the fruit of all that you know that's just one of the little things that that we see is
1: authenticity that's probably
16: like a fruit from the tree or something you know what I'm I, I
10: guess.
1: I mean, let me give you an example. I mean, guys were always looking for a way out of practice. It was a big problem with last, really the last two years with that football team. And, um, you know, the the, the teeniest thing in the world, guys would be, you know, if a guy got nicked, you know, you you would think he needed, uh, you know, if a guy – tweaked his ankle or something, you would think he needed ACL surgery and, you know, things like that. And guys guys are always looking for a way out of practice and and being, you know, being on the injury list and not having to practice that day and things like that. And, uh, you know, slowly you're seeing – a little bit of a change in that this year. And um, it's little things. And the coaches have tried to instill a little bit more pride in these guys. And, you know, I heard they don't
16: like them laying on the ground no more. Like
1: at first I remember they would like, they were trying to lay out. Have, Have right. The way, like the best way I could describe it is have some pride, get yourself off the field and let the trainers, you know, f- figure out if there's something wrong with you or whatever. But uh, you know, d- don't use every little thing as an excuse to get out of practice. Which you know, I think you know was a big problem that they had the last couple years, and uh, just too many guys missing practices. And um, it was just a football team. I don't think that was all in. I really don't. And you know, oh, I can't blame I, <laughs> I think it's a little better right now. I you know, you, you keep your fingers crossed. Uh, I think it's a little bit better as it goes into the season. Awesome,
16: awesome. Hey, I appreciate you having me on, Gary. I hope I catch you at a game or
1: something this year, my man. No sweat, man. If you do, say hello. I definitely will, man. alright nine five two zero four eight. Hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Um, the board's starting to light up here late in the evening, so I'm going to go through these calls quickly, try to get everybody on before we go to bed for the night. Uh, let's go out to the 678. You're live on Sport Live.
15: What's going on, Gary? How you doing, man?
1: Doing good. Who's this?
15: This is Zeke, man, here in Atlanta.
1: What's up, Zeke? How you doing this evening? Oh, uh, man,
15: just uh, just like everybody else, trying to wait and see what's going to happen this year. Hey, one question, man. I don't know if you discussed this earlier. Uh, what's going on with uh, uh, Gerald Willis? To my understanding, he's going to be suspended for the first game.
1: Yeah, it's looking like he's going to – they haven't announced the suspension yet, but it looks like, you know, he was demoted, you know, when we went out to practice this morning. Uh, we saw he'd been demoted from second team to scout team, and that's usually a sign that he's going to be suspended for the first game because they are starting to prepare now for FAMU. And, um, you know, we we don't know exactly what he did. We You could, you could make a pretty educated guess. You know, there's, there's usually a pretty uh, traditional reason why kids get suspended in the first game of seasons um and you know almost every team has a few of them and uh but yeah he's uh he, he more than likely is not going to play against U. No,
15: okay, okay. What about that, you know, that situation with the uh the car rental? Uh you probably
1: discussed it already, you know,
15: when you talk about uh Mahomic and Grace and
1: Yeah, that's that's to you be know, uh, determined. I mean, those guys are still practicing first team and uh, uh, you know, not nothing's nothing's been finalized there yet. I don't know what's taking so long, but nothing's final yet. Yeah, I hear, I hear
15: you. I mean, if they're going to do it, they might as well go ahead and get it out the way. These first couple.
1: Well, it's game, not you know? that complicated a situation. You know, you did A, B, and yeah. C, and because you did A, B, and C, you know, this is what has to happen, and you know, that's it.
15: Yeah, I mean that's that's simple. So, you know, we'll see what happens here, you know, next not, couple of it's days. It's
1: obviously not that simple because it's you know obviously I don't think they'd be making it take this long on purpose. Yeah, yeah,
15: yeah. Well, we'll see. You know, like I said, I hope for the best. Like I said, we can't we can't let everything fall out of the way right now. You know, we've got too much going to, to have all these little issues that, like I said, there's going to be some distractions. So we'll see what happens, man.
1: Yep. All right, all right thanks then, for being man. part of the show. Right. You got it. Give us a call okay, again man. next Appreciate time. Me. Let's go now to the 803, the 803. You are live on Kane Sport Live.
18: Hey, Gary. This is Eddie from South Carolina. How you doing?
1: What's up, man? How you doing this week?
18: Pretty good. Um, I've got two questions. One, you know, just your opinion. I know you can't see the future, but is just from you being around the program the last 15, 20 years, seeing what you've seen, is this tight end group as good as what this fan base hopes it's going to be, or what do you think?
1: Be, I mean, it should be. I'm trying to remember who was on um, – who was on the teams with Shockey and Winslow when those guys were here. But, um, you know, it all kind, kind of runs together for right. me. And it, it's me to remember exactly who was on those rosters. But uh, it's it, it's a really good group, you know, and, and they complement each other. Um, you've got, you know, Stan Dobard, who's a little bit better blocker than the other guys. But, you know, you better not leave him uncovered either because he can catch a pass. Um, then you've got the other guys, um, Herndon and Joku, who are more of – receiving type tight ends as michael irvin will likely develop to be and um so they complement each other and they're really the perfect kind of athletes for what mark rick likes to do so i think those guys are going to have a huge huge year
18: yes sir um one other question from you watching as you know i guess limited practices but is this defense going to be a lot different i mean based on you know, last year, the last few years, read and react, and, you know, third and short, having a linebacker seven yards off the line of scrimmage, stuff like that. Do you see it? Yes,
1: schematically, schematically, it's going to be a lot different, okay? Results, I'm not ready to make predictions, okay, because I I, I see a lot of of ifs, you know. Um, I, I think at defensive end, you're relying on Muhammad, has yet to show anybody that he could be counted on, quite frankly, and Chad Thomas, who's underachieved the first two years of his career, and we don't know what he's going to do this year. Um, at tackle, you're counting on Norton, a second-year guy who doesn't really have a very deep resume, and McIntosh, a guy who's going to be playing for the first time. Okay, you know, we don't really know you know what we're going to get there. Uh, behind them, you know, you're looking at Gerald Willis, who's waited all this time to play and now looks like he's suspended for the first game, you know that's not a very good sign um you know a kid that came here from Florida, had problems at Florida, had a fresh start at Miami. you know why is he doing anything anything at all that yeah. might lead might lead him to have to miss time? you know t- to me, you know that I don't like to see that <laughs> um. You know, uh, Cortell Jenkins has seemed to struggle a little bit. Uh, and and even though he's got had some playing time, doesn't look like he's going to have a real prominent role. Um, we'll see what we what you get out of Anthony Moten. You know, that could go in either direction. Uh, so a lot of question marks to me still on the defensive line. Uh, are any of these guys going to emerge as playmakers? You know, we don't know. Well, I, you know, I mean, you can't sit here and make predictions that they will. I'm not going to sell them short and say they won't, but we certainly can't sit here and make predictions that they will. Um, linebacker, you got, you got a bunch of young kids who have great promise, who, are, who I think are going to be outstanding football players at Miami. They're true freshmen, okay. Well, you know, so the first question is, what are you doing at Miami, having to play true freshmen? Uh, well, you know, that kind of shows you where where the defense is right now um you know they they have to play them and and you know those kids are going to they're going to have times where they make mistakes i mean they're true freshmen who have never played college football i mean they're not going to hold up 100% of the time i mean there's going to be issues at times with with those guys as, 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 as wonderful but, as they might be as players eventually the, you know it it the reality is they're going to have some tough moments um you know you continue on Wow, wow, the, wow. Well, yeah, yeah, but I mean, you're asking me about the defense as a whole, so I'm telling you what I see right. and why I, I think it's 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 a very 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 sh- uh, maybe shaky is not the right word, but um, it, it's not a very comfortable situation. I mean, you know, you go out the cornerback, um, you know, you've got Corn Elder, who's a good cornerback. I don't think he's a franchise corner um but he's a good cornerback um you got a kid adrian colbert who was a backup safety at texas who now you're bringing in and having to make him a starting corner at miami now very athletic kid he's big he runs phenomenally and um you know has has had his moments but um you know, once once you get past there, you got a Sheldrick Red Wine who's not very proven, and then you got a bunch of other guys that might not be good enough. And, you know, when you look at the scrimmages and the way that the offense, you know, pretty much has its way throwing the football, I mean, Brad Kaya hardly ever has an incompletion out there um, against the number two defense. Um, you know, I, I think that you have reason to be you know, a little concerned, and and that's going to be one of the big question marks going into the season is how big of a difference can these aggressive schemes of Manny Diaz make with a defense that individually, um, you know, has a lot of potential issues. So you know, we'll see how it goes.
18: One one last question I thought of. I know it's going to be running back, you know, by committee. He's already said that. But if you had to just plug one running back in and ride with them for the season from what you've seen so
1: far, who would it be? I, I think you'd have to say Mark Walton just because he does everything. You know, he does everything you know pretty well. Um, you know, obviously you can't have one back and only one back, and year B but. is going to have to do his thing, and I think Gus Edwards will have to do his thing. I mean, everyone's not going to be healthy the whole year or anything like that. They're going to need all three of those guys. But if you made me pick one, it would probably be Mark Walton.
18: Yes, sir. Okay, well, thank you so much. Leave me on hold. Okay, Gary?
1: Not a problem. All right, we're going to try to sneak a couple quick calls here in before we go for the evening. Um, let's try to keep our points tight. Let's go to the uh, 786 now, where you're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary, what's up? Doing good. Who's this?
7: It's Everything 305 in Miami Lakes.
1: What's up, man? What you got for us tonight?
7: Hey, I just
1: wanted to talk
7: about Devon uh, Donaldson. And uh, get your thoughts on the likelihood oh, of him staying. I've heard, I've heard mom love wants it. him to stay at home. So, yeah, I am
1: yeah. I mean, he's, to get, go, fact, he's, is he's that getting a little be caught up. Or? He's getting a little caught up in 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 the attention. I think, and 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 he's getting a lot of it, and justifiably so. I mean, Rivals has him as a four star. You know, I, I urge them to take a look at it. I think the kid's phenomenal and, and I've seen him live now many times and, and I think he's just gonna be a really good offensive lineman um at, you know, it looks like at Miami and uh can't say enough good things about him.
7: I, I would say Gary, he's the most important
1: local recruit. Yeah, I would agree with that. Based, I mean based yeah, you on don't the want to impact he could have, have it would be devastating. I think he's well, he will, yeah, and you don't want to lose. I mean, that's, that's your greatest position of need, and he, he to me, is, a, is way ahead of the game as a player at the stage of his career, and uh, you're absolutely right. It would be devastating to lose him.
7: The last thing I want to talk about briefly before you let me go here, um, I know we've got a couple of commits already that can play corner, but you mentioned earlier that we, we need to have true corners, and what I'm seeing is some two athletes that can play corner. But I'm wondering if how critical it is to get a true corner, especially a local kid at this stage, um, just to solidify our depth. Because honestly, even though we've for heard this some year? pizza reports, about, yeah, for, for the 2017 class.
1: Oh, in the class, uh, it, they, no, there's 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 still time there, and there's still plenty of DBs that they're looking at. Uh, any chances on Brainy flipping? Is that a kid um, that you see? Right now, I would say no. Okay. Are you there? Well, yeah. Yeah. Right, yeah, now, right just... now. Right now. I would say no. Okay. I'm not sure they're trying well, to get him to flip. They, they've got other guys they're working on. And you know, there's the, 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 there's some fun, there's funny business going on at that school. So you know, I don't know. Well, I don't rock
7: there.
1: But... Yeah, I think that ship I that sailed. I don't. Uh... Think, I, I don't even think okay. they're recruiting okay. him.
5: Who
7: is the number besides the kid from Southridge, which I think he's going to UF pretty much. I think that's a done deal. It's been pretty much what I've heard the last two or three weeks. Who else do you feel down here in the tri-county area that's a must-get right now at the corner position is still available or has committed?
1: Well, the uh, you know, I think Mar- maybe Amari Carter up at Palm Beach Gardens. You know, I mean, it, it would be one I would, that, that would come to my mind.
7: Is he one that can play corner? In your opinion, though.
1: Yeah, I think so. You know, he 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 would be he would, he would probably be the the one that come to come if you know if, if you limit me to a local kid, I would say him.
7: Um. And, and last but not least, I know they they talked about uh, Mike Rump trying to work the kid from California. He was a five star kid. I think he's from Calabasas, I think, or some somewhere in that yeah, that vicinity. But one of the chances yep. that we get uh, a, a big time corner. Uh, from around the uh, the California area and
1: the Texas area. Probably not real good right now. You know, I mean, you take your shots, and you're right, that is one kid that they're, you know, somebody asked about it earlier in the show, he didn't come to my mind right away, but that is one kid they're talking to, but, I mean, it's it's the longest of long shots. I mean, you you talk about five-star kids, they can can go anywhere they want. You know, I mean, Uh, those kids being recruited by everybody in the country – and Miami has to resolidify itself as a football program first. Well, oh, and,
7: and I'm wondering the the couple of five stars that we do have in our roster, in particular Chad. Just wondering if the light's ever going to go on, man. I, I just well,
1: I'm not. That's here what I just talked about a minute ago, we'll yeah. see. You know, we'll we'll see. I hope so. All right, All right, let have let a let good let one. Let me, lot. Yeah, let me let a few other people come on. Give us a call again next week. All right, let's go now to the five four zero. You're on Kane Sport Live.
10: Hey, Gary. How are you doing?
1: Doing good. Who's this? Uh,
10: Jay Collette.
1: Hey, what's up, man? How are you doing this evening? I'm doing pretty good. Uh,
10: I just got on here about 45 minutes ago. I don't know if you've talked about the offense yet, but I was just curious if you know what, um, what our offense is going to look like. And I, I know that Rick, when he was at Florida State, he uh, did different things with Charlie Ward and um, Chris Winkie. It, yeah, I think a more... I think you're going to
1: see a lot of that with Brad Kaya. I think Mark has developed a, a really big uh, trust with Brad, and I think he believes in his ability to get them in and out of plays and, and make the proper calls at the line of scrimmage and, and things like that. I think you'll see up-tempo at times and um, a lot of trust being put in Brad Kaya.
10: So do you think it's going to be up-tempo all the time and no huddle
1: or just – sometimes? Not all, I don't think it'll be all the time. I mean, you know, I mean, I think there'll be times when they maybe don't go up-tempo, but I think there'll be times when they do. And there will be under the um, we'll, we'll see.
10: Understand you know, I mean, we'll
1: see. You know, if you they, if they go up-tempo and it works, he might go up-tempo almost all the time. You don't know. I don't think right. he knows right now. He, okay. I, I bet you he couldn't answer that question right now. I mean, I bet you he has an idea in his mind what he wants to do, but He's never worked with these kids. Yeah. He doesn't know what he's going he to get when the lights go on.
18: So do you think you'll see Kai under center more or, or shotgun?
10: Or... Yeah.
1: Yep. Under center more, play action passes. Yep. No doubt.
10: And more of a power running game?
1: At times. They have the personnel to go to that whenever they want. This this fullback's a game changer. Marquez Williams yep. changes the whole dynamic. And, and I think his presence on this team is going to inspire Mark Rick to go to that power I formation a lot more.
10: Do you think our offensive line is better at run blocking or pass protection?
18: If you had to pick which one they're better at. Don't know yet. <laughs>
1: yeah. Let's, you know, we don't know. Okay. All right. Well, I appreciate it. Right, i somebody yeah. else get on here. Right. Thanks
10: for doing the
1: yep. show. Yep. Give us a call next week. All right, let's go back to the 954. You're live on Kane Sport Live.
10: Hey, Gary. How you doing?
1: Great. Who's this?
7: Connor Diaz.
1: What's up, man? Uh, I just want to call you, um
10: So there's a lot of unknowns we can agree, right?
1: A lot of unknowns, um,
10: yeah. But what I think we can agree that we do know is your sight sucks, you look like Gru,
1: <laughs> and there's pussies all over your all right, what a jerk. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go to seven seven two. You're live on Cain Sport Live. Gary, hey,
19: what's happening, man? It's the Dirty Bird.
1: Hey, what's up, Dirty Bird? How you doing this evening?
19: Doing great, man. Doing great. I just had a couple of players I want to do uh, bring up with you, man. Uh, first, Trent Harris, man. Any, any idea, I man? This guy wants to kind of. Man, I mean, you know. Dirty, you know,
1: you're you breaking see up. On into, you know,
19: whoops, sorry. Want to know about Trent Harris and kind of how you see him falling into the uh, into the defense this year, man?
1: You know, everybody always wants to replace that kid, and you know he, he, he's not he, he's not a physical werewolf or anything like that. But it's funny. This is the second coaching staff now that has that has kind of fallen in love with the kid because he knows his assignments and he always does what he's supposed to do, and and, and coaches yep. love that. You know, and uh and, and because of that he's gonna he'll get his share of playing time.
19: Yeah, I just see him as, you know, a high motor guy. You know, That's the guy you get an obvious passing down. You know, just just go and attack the quarterback, man. So um yeah, the other guy's really, you know, uh Marquez Williams and I mean obviously, you know, the guy's been off the charts physically and he's been kinda of fun to watch and practice. I mean, any word on how he's picking up the X's and O's as he's falling into place or
1: Oh, absolutely! Yeah, you know, you got to remember he doesn't have to learn the whole offense. You know, right. he he just has to, he just has to learn a, 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 a small block of it. You know, a small segment of it. So yeah, he's picked it up. He's doing great. <laughs> Everyone loves him. He he brings a physicality to the offense that they wouldn't okay. have otherwise. And 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 I think he's a game changer. I I, I think he's going to change the way that Mark Rick calls the game a lot of times this year.
19: Awesome, man. Yeah, definitely I uh, was excited to get him. And, you know, we kind of plucked him out of nowhere. So uh, that was awesome, man. Great great find by the staff there. So uh, anyhow, man, those are just a couple quick questions for you, man. September 3rd, can't get here fast enough. So uh, go Canes, man.
1: You got it, man. Give us a call again next week. Uh, let's go to the 305 now. You're live on Cane Sport Live.
8: Hey, Gary.
1: Just hey, a few up? questions on the uh, offensive line. Um, I know
8: you guys aren't really available for all the practice, but it looks like uh, Coach Sheryls has these guys, you know, running full up-tempo and stuff like that. And a couple of callers have noticed before that, uh, or have mentioned before that Mark Ricks probably wants to run that up-tempo offense that he did at uh, Florida State. Do you see that as being a strength for offensive line because – you know, I, guys here, playing here,
1: hurt and, here's why I don't I don't think they're going to be able to run up tempo all the time. I really don't. Um, I don't think they yeah. have enough depth up front. Um, um, yeah, we're um, scary. You know, I, front. Yeah, I I mean, but I do think you'll see up tempo at times because I think that that plays to the strengths of the of the personnel they have. You know, they can put those tight ends in the game and um, get yeah. people into mismatches, get teams in mismatches and and, mm-hmm. you know, not, not let them get out of them by going up-tempo. So I think you'll see it at times. Uh, I don't know that they're going to be able to do it all the time. Uh, you know, I think Coach Searles is doing the best job that he can with the offensive line. Uh, you know, they have shortcomings talent-wise, and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it is what it's- yeah, cause it is. Yeah, because it looks like after after Sonny, I know a lot of guys on the board have been commenting,
8: and they're like, oh, Sonny shouldn't be a right tackle at Miami. But we also didn't know that he played hurt. Or, like, pretty much half the entire offensive of line last year played hurt until I saw that uh, McDermott interview he did through the Canes All Access YouTube, and he said that, you know, Sonny had knee problems last year. Well, now we know why he was yep. acting lost when he was in space, you know? Yeah, the winter coming he did, off shoulder surgery in the spring.
1: Way worse than anybody ever realized, yeah.
8: Yeah, so, right. well, hopefully this, uh, you know, they call tempo, maybe this zone scheme that, that Rick's bringing in with Cyril is probably going to be more towards, you know, a slimmer, you know, Gus Felder molded offensive line that, you know, is all, everything he's been saying, they dropped weight and they've gained strength. So hopefully we can get this up-tempo zone game going more with uh, Marquise knocking the heads off of these linebackers and letting our running backs, you know, makes the cut and go. So oh, looking forward to this season, great show, long-time poster, first-time caller, but uh, thanks for everything, Gary.
1: Well, I'm glad you called in and, and make sure you do so again in the future. All right, let's go to the 973. You're live on Kane Sport Live.
9: Hey, Gary. Thanks for taking the call.
1: Doing, doing good. Who's this? It's from Jersey. Hey, what's up, Ross? How are you, man?
9: Hey, hey, Gary. A couple of things. Um, glad I got in. I got into the show really late. But I got three questions real quick. See if you could just answer them for me. And uh, no, I got one more thing after that. Hey, with the um, – the fullback. It's conflicting stories about what year is he? I want to know exactly how many years he has left. He's got one year it. to
1: play. He's got one okay. year to play. He's he's here because he graduated from Mars Hill and he was able to go somewhere else and play one year. He okay. had one year eligible. Yep. Yep. Next yep. question, sure quick. I, a little,
9: little, little different kind of a subject, but it's it's something that came in my head. Usually when we're when we're playing the game. The light, if lightning goes off in the stadium, we gotta take the players off the field. With the new top that we have, if lightning goes off outside with the top, would we we still have to clear the stadium and stop the game?
1: Yeah, I don't think that'll change. <laughs> uh, you know, because it's still a, you know the, the, the it's still an open roof. It's not like that canopy is gonna block lightning. I think if there's lightning, that you'll still have the same problem.
9: Okay, just cons- I was just curious because it, you know it's not yeah an it's open not a
1: it, it, it's not a dome,
9: but it's the middle of it's the middle of the it's the only the only moisture anything that's going to happen. If if, if it's covered, how and is that it, gonna? It's, it's
1: not. It's not rain. It's the lightning that that causes those delays.
9: I know. I'm pretty
1: sure you'll you'll still have lightning delays if if it plays out like that.
9: Okay, just a thought. And also, two other things. Well, just if the, the practice, um, the tackling technique that they're doing in practice, like right at the beginning of the practice. When, um, when the practice has started. Um, did you get a chance with, your, with the 10 minutes or 15 minutes that it gives you guys a chance to view it? Do you like it? Do you think it's a good idea? Do you think it'll work?
1: Yeah, I think they're going to be a better tackling team. Absolutely. I, I like it. I, I like what I see.
9: Okay, and then also, it shows you, because
1: in, in years past when you have the show, we
9: didn't have idiots that come on and try to, like, ruin your show. It shows you we're making some noise and we're going to, and people believe that we're going to be changing some things. Because I believe that, like a Florida or a Florida State fan that just did what he did, but they're concerned it's kind of out there, care. Gary. It doesn't uh, yeah, matter. Awesome. It's no, no biggie. Also, awesome. Um, One more question, do everybody else come on. Just you being – because I didn't, I didn't get to the beginning of the show. I didn't see anything. I'm coming in late, and I was like, I hope I get on.
3: Um, I'll call camp.
9: more later on? But um, with you just being around this whole team practice, the new guys, the new staff, the people who thought we are re- we're losing weight, we're looking good. That's not necessarily we're going to play well. But what is your bottom line thoughts? I mean, um, just flat out, what's your overall thoughts about how do you think things are going to turn out?
1: Yeah, I, I, I think I, I think I, I said earlier, I, I mean, my gut is that the line is at
9: I nine. I, mean, I didn't the bigger than the
1: show, that's why. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think the line is at nine. I, I, I think that, you know... Eight's a disappointment. Ten is great achievement. I, I think the line is at nine.
9: Oh,
1: I think dreaming any higher than that is a, is a pipe dream right now when you look at all so, the holes the game, on this roster.
9: The game's just out of reach. The game that's reach is obviously, Notre Dame, Florida State, and who is the third team?
1: Well, I, I don't think any game has to be out of reach. I think they have – they if they're don't if they not beset by injuries, I think they have enough talent on the team to compete in every game. Um it, it, do Florida State and Notre Dame have better rosters top to bottom no question um, but you know do, do either of those teams have Brad Kaya I don't think so so you know it, it, it just it's it, it's going to depend on how it plays out
9: yeah and, and the reason and, why I brought that up is it, it, I find it very disrespectful even though they didn't to the championship last year for us, you know we had an in social staff and I don't want to go back I know but I find it very disrespectful that everybody is taking Carolina over us but This is an opportunity for us to take it as a disrespect, and we have them at home, and this is an opportunity for us to really come out and make a statement from the very first game to when we see Carolina, because the Carolina game is keeping us in our own postal. We have to send a statement immediately in those games. We just got
16: to send a statement.
9: We're going to win that part and do our part to get to the championship game. That's what we have to do. And I made this, state, I made this um, point last year or beginning of the year when, um, before we even got, when we first got the coaching staff. Them three games that we're going to play is crucial because we're going to play three so-called easy games. Maybe the third is not so easy, but then we've got to stop and change our whole defense approach to play Georgia Tech, and that's going to be very crucial. We're going to have to stop where to play defense aggressively and, and then play the Georgia Tech. <laughs> You know how we gotta defend
1: your Yeah, and and, 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 yeah, and uh, I saw Manny Diaz kind of worked on that a little bit in training camp. You know, so that it's not totally new when they get to that week. Okay, they spent I mean, a little just, bit. Of, um, they they, they, they spend a little time on that.
9: Those are things that just flying in my head, and I just I, I bark it out. But uh, also, um, what do you think necessarily? is going to happen with the suspension because we're in all these conflicting
1: pros. No, don't guys. I I don't I think it's going to be a game or two but we don't know for sure yet. All right, Ross, let me let oh, this one last call get in and then uh get in sure. earlier next week. Keep me in the All right. All right, man. All Thanks right. for calling in. We'll talk talk to you next week. All right, last call tonight. Let's go to the 404. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hello? You with us? Going once, going twice. All right, got to give us a call next week. All right, I want to thank everybody that called in tonight. I think it was you a know, great, great show um, for the first show of the year. Um, everybody kept their, call, their, their, their calls nice and tight. We got a lot of people on. We covered a lot of ground, talked about a lot of things. Uh, there were some topics that we had on the list that we didn't get to tonight. I'll roll those over into next week uh, for next Tuesday night, 8 o'clock, when we come back and have another segment of – Cane Sport Live. So I want to thank everybody once again, and um, we'll talk to you guys next week.